matching toes. We have toes. <laughs> no, wait. Toes and toes, matching toes. Toes and toes, snatching toes. So when you wake up, all your toes are gone. <laughs> Is that not our new theme? I feel like it's pretty easy to get artificial toes, like prosthetic toes. No, because they it's don't really not. do anything. They're just little protuberances. The protuberances? Do you mean protuberances? No. Yeah. 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 They have like knuckles. They have toe knuckles. Toe knuckles. They do have toe knuckles. You need them to be able to walk. That when you walk, you need your toes to like bounce back off of to make the next step. Okay, but I feel heel like if toe, you heel don't toe. have any toes, you kind of have to settle for what you can get. Shuffling, shuffling along. You don't you have to really shuffle bend. just because your toes can't bend. You don't have balance without your little toe, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that's why you get a prosthetic toe. But I don't think it's as, it's as easy as you think it is. It's not going to be an exact replica of the utility of actual toes, but it's going to be close enough. Okay, well, I'll take away all your toes and then we'll see how easy it is. That's... A dire threat that I may have to present to a prosecutor at some point in time as evidence of would the danger my toes me, are in. Would you prosecute me? I would never prosecute you. Good. We need to have that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> Along with power of attorney. Yeah. So we were talking... And all your passwords. You do... You did recently give me your master password. Oh, I gave you mine. Do you remember? No. That's not what happened. Is this yes. you trying to, like, gaslight me into doing it? Yes, we did give each other master passwords. Are you forgetting? No, we both have password managers. And I set it up so if something happens to me, after a certain period of time, you'll get access to my password manager. That's what manager. I meant. That, I didn't give you the master password, though. No, I know, but that's what I meant in my head. I was like, if something happens to you, touch wood, touch wood, touch other wood, then I would have access to your... Your manuscripts and sure. your poems. You would have so this, I could publish them for you. You would have the skeleton key to all my accounts on furry forums. Yeah. But I mean, I'm on there anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Sure. I always wondered who Rosy Cheeks Fox Girl was. Oh, little fox. Rawr. You'd be the cutest little fox girl. Have you heard foxes making noises? They're very like... Like the start of that song. <laughs> I can never do it very well. I don't even know what the song is. It's that rock song where it starts off with a guy making a weird that was a funny, guttural cry. It's the funniest thing you've ever done. <laughs> what song are you talking about? I've done this to you before and you don't know what I'm talking about. I also don't know the song very well, but I've heard people is it like do... like a Rolling Stones song or something? You just plucked one band out yeah, of all the possible know. bands and I said, is like, this the one? I feel like we need to get it up. What song is it? We can't research things on the podcast. That's a strict yeah. rule that I have. Can you give me some more information about no, the song? No, I don't even remember how the song goes. Is it like a... What type of noise is it at the beginning? I'm not doing it again. No, but what would you describe the noise as? It's a guy making a... Okay. Wow. Okay. No. Wow. Okay. No, that's a guitar. Oh. <laughs> that's like a... <laughs> <laughs> electric guitar. Am I a guitar for this? The Winnie of an electric guitar. Yeah. The Winnie? Yeah. Like Winnie the Pooh? No, like a horse's Winnie. Oh, okay. 
Although Winnie the Pooh is a renowned guitar shreddist. <laughs> I only went this way and you went this way. They actually named a specialist Fender guitar for him. It's a limited edition run. It's a guitar shaped like a pot of honey. And and he uses little like crackers to pluck with so that uh, when he feels like he just wants to dip it in the honey and he's saying, no, 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 no. Is that what he and says? This is how the guitar sounds. I was kind of trying to do a Winnie the Pooh voice, but it wasn't going to come out. He has such a strange voice. He's like, hey, Piglet. No, it's like, hey. Hey, Piglet. No. I'm going down to the Enchanted Wood today. That's where I buried the body of Eeyore. Because he was so depressed, I wanted to pull him out of his misery. Eeyore. I had an Eeyore and a Piglet. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't know why that matters. Sure. Um, Add it to your Wikipedia hi, page. Hi, Pooh. Well, we always go deep because he's got one of those voices that voice. sounds deep, but it's like, it's not deep. It's like, yeah. You're doing the weirdest. <laughs> You're kind of doing... Why don't we film these? A gesture. I come I come across as much more like... Likeable? Yeah. Attractive? You're mean. Every so often you would just flash your cleavage to the camera. That makes it sound like I'm not likeable. <laughs> I do feel like I would be much. Yeah, I don't know what the what word is. is. This is what I happens. don't know. I just feel like you have to have a a, a a a visual. A visual. You do do a lot of visual puns, or not exactly. Puns. I feel like yours is more like word puns. <laughs> word play, and yours is and more mine is body much language. More like I do weird shit with my face and hands. You were actually on a Harold team at UCB Improv. No, I'm not good enough for that. Sure, that's I. I actually like that humility. No, I, yeah. I. I was gonna be like, I was gonna <laughs> I'm say, too good funny. for that whole institution. And then it just proved that I really wasn't good at the improvisations. Sure, you're a comedian in training, because we have to have a different word for females. To put them in their like, own segregated syntax. I find it very difficult for me to enjoy a comedian. Sure. Like, I just don't think they're funny. <laughs> All comedians ever. <laughs> no, I. it's not even really that I don't think they're funny. I don't enjoy the stand-up comedy. <laughs> you said that like such an old person. No, Listen yeah. here, young Timmy. <laughs> I don't enjoy the stand-up comedy. I don't know why. There's something about it that's really... Yeah. It's very... You know what it is? It's because I feel like stand-up comedians follow a certain beat. Yes, it's very formulaic. And it's kind of like saying, I don't like techno music because it's all got the same beat. So right. It's kind of like that. Like, I understand what you mean. There's something about it that... Yeah. So, you know, I remember saying this to my brother because he's big into like... He goes to like stand-up shows and things like that. And um, I said this to my brother that... And then we were watching something, and he was like, see, you laughed. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying it never makes me laugh, but I'm saying if there's, like, ten times it should make you laugh, it makes me laugh twice. And so I don't really enjoy that much. Um, I totally agree. I, I can appreciate some... I have watched some stand-up specials and enjoyed them, but I usually find them quite unmemorable yeah. and quite unremarkable. I much prefer when it is just... A sit down between two funny comedians on yes. a podcast. They're riffing on jokes. They're building on these little improv scenes in the middle of a conversation. It's yeah. very free flowing and organic. And you get to see 
it's a more direct glimpse into their comedic mind. I feel like I find a person much funnier when they're just like say I'll find a person that I like and then I'll go and search for like interviews that they've done and I'll find the interviews way funnier than sure you know or their tweets even way funnier than so maybe it's just that particular like standing up with the microphone and having like i hate audience audience participation right like, i hate an audience look at this guy just, where'd you get that sweater from ugh. baby gap jesus Christ. we can't see the guy you're talking to dude I know. the camera's pointed at you the whole show uh, just like how if i try a new show these days and it has a laugh track i will just turn it off doesn't matter if i found that joke funny uh, punch, or that first yeah. punchline funny, I'll turn it off. Because the only show I can watch with a laugh track is Friends. And I think that's because... It's grandfathered in. Yeah, like, and also when I first watched Friends, the laugh track was, I don't know, like, maybe it was more common. Yeah, And also it was just a normal thing. But I went so long without watching a show without a laugh track that when you now watch a show with a laugh track, it's really just obnoxious. I also don't know... All these shows with laugh tracks actually have audience audiences. Yeah. Whereas Friends had an audience, and so the laughing the laughing is real. It's not a laugh track. It's yeah. real. And obviously, it still has to. It still hits all the beats of a laugh track, but it's somehow not as obnoxious. Like I can watch Friends now, and I don't even register them. I, I was about to say I don't even hear it when I watch something yeah. like Friends because you've seen it so much. It's just. You're not even reabsorbing the jokes in a new way. You're just watching something comfortable and yeah. familiar and it's pleasant in that way. You're almost remembering that, like, this makes me laugh so much that my, the muscle memory kicks in. Yeah. And you just you just laugh because you know. You laugh at everything yeah. in Friends, I feel like, as well. Like, there's... Apart from, like, one or two things that are very, like... Well, that's a different story. You want to say problematic. Yeah, but I hate that word. Yeah, so that whole friends thing is a discussion for another day, but we yeah. were saying just recently how, in the space of literally ten or fifteen years, so much has changed with popular culture. There are so many jokes that were sprinkled throughout every sitcom in the nineties and the two thousands, and now it would be enough to get a show sent down in flames. Yes, it easily. Would. There would yeah. be a one-day Twitter outrage. And then it would be cancelled. Yeah. And it's amazing to think how quickly things yeah. snowballed. Because obviously, like, it hasn't been a quick change in terms of, like, look how old we are, the world. But, like... 6,000 years. It's quick in right? terms of, like, TV being this, like, popular, like... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then... Yeah, just seeing how the jokes were 10 years ago and how they are now, or how they would, should be now. Sure. Um, Yeah. Because shows like that really are just a reflection of the zeitgeist. It's, this is what was funny at the time. Because it's what's accepted. Right. It's kind of like jokes um, that are basically where the woman is the punchline. Sure. that was a thing. Look at for, her; she's got ovaries. That was the thing for like the longest time because women were seen as like it was more normal. I'm not saying women aren't seen as lesser now because they are still obviously in a lot of circumstances, but we've come a long ways in terms of like it trying to at least be on an equal situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. That was not articulate. <laughs> 
It's not very articulate. You were working it out as you say it. Yeah. That's, That's the... my life. That's sure. my life in a sentence. Okay. Not going to dispute it. <laughs> I am glad that less shows have laugh tracks now. Because no one wants to be conscious of... A no show. one wants to be conscious. No one wants to be conscious. There was like a pause and it was like... A nuclear bomb explodes and puts us mm. all out of our misery. No one wants to feel... <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this out, woman. No one wants to see the strings. No one wants to see behind the curtain. And when there's a laugh track and you are actually aware of it, it's not a show like Friends where you've seen it a million times and you don't even hear it anymore. It's very... You're very painfully aware that they are trying to engineer this Pavlovian response. Yeah. Every joke is not funny, but we'll find a way to activate this weird lizard part of their brain where they hear other people laughing. And I don't want to be the only one that's not laughing. That must have been funny. So I have to laugh. And there's a condescending, patronizing aspect of it. We'll tell you when to laugh. Yeah. Whereas shows now, they, <clears throat> I feel like more and more... They do kind of trust you to get jokes, even when someone in the scene isn't laughing. It's just someone said something witty. Yeah. And the showrunners trust that you will understand the humour. I don't think that's why I don't like it. I think I mostly don't like it because maybe it's just the simple fact that I don't find these other shows funny. And so when... Every 10 seconds or whatever it seems like, they pause for a laugh. It's like, but that wasn't funny. I don't know why you're laughing. And there are those strange moments in sitcoms, especially when they have an actual audience there, where it kind of breaks the fourth wall. They'll say a joke and then they'll pause because the audience is obviously going to be in fits of laughter. But then the laughter will go a little bit too long and on screen the characters are all kind of just like sitting around looking at each other waiting for the laughter to die out. There's a few friends moments like that where it's like they clearly have to hold the beat a moment longer so that the laughter can subside. I was... I watched an interview with Courtney Cox where she was saying how, like, that reaction when you see Monica and Chandler... Spoiler alert, Monica and Chandler, because people are watching... I feel like it's okay no, to spoil... No, but people are watching it for the first time on, like, Netflix show. and stuff. Um, when Monica and Chandler, they come from under the covers and they, they reveal that they got together, um, they said that that l- laughter went on for, like, 27 seconds or something ridiculous. That number is wrong. I don't remember the number, but it went on for like Matthew Perry standing there with a stopwatch. Yeah, they had they had to hold the thing with the thing for like the thing with the thing. They had to hold the blanket up like this like for so long because the. And then I remember watching it afterwards. I'm like, did they keep all that laughter in? I don't remember, but they obviously don't keep all the laughter in because it went on for way too long. The weird thing was when you you did a rewatch of it recently, as you've done many I, a time. I do it like once a year or more. It is kind of a yearly ritual for you. Yeah, and you would sometimes show me these scenes and there would be parts of this show, which is one of my favorite shows. I've seen it. I've seen each episode. I mean, literally maybe 10 times because it's just one of those shows that's, that's always on. Yeah. You watch it. You would show me these specific parts and i would never have seen them before yeah and i realized that the tv channel i would watch them on because it was in the middle of the day and they 
didn't want to offend anyone and they didn't want to have anything even slightly edgy or risque they would just edit out anything yeah. that was even close to the line for daytime tv i think i realized as well i think they just edited small parts out for time yeah sure that too. because the, some of the things i can't think of one off the top of my head but some of the things i'm like why did you get that out yeah they're very innocuous they also cut out the scenes of like new york between shots how like, dare you so it's kind of like i've never seen the show like this before um but yeah that's interesting because even after i had watched it like a million times i guess at one time i was watching like a different stream of it and so it was maybe like a, a different DVD version, version like a dvd version or something and i even i saw things i'd never seen before so that was kind of crazy you kind of think you are the queen of friends trivia i am you say this to me often and i have to dispute it i'm afraid you dispute it on behalf of someone else though yeah so your dispute <laughs> is not really real it's not really based on anything i always real. say that if you played a friends trivia game against my dad you yeah. would surely lose because he had the dvd box set and he would just watch them endlessly but I, that's exactly what i do but I can't even, communicate to you how hardcore he rewatched this show over and over again. I have a, not only do I rewatch the whole show like a binge, like once a year, but I also see it whenever I go to my mum's because my mum has like cable or whatever, and I only ever just put like Comedy Central on because they play Friends all day on on some of the days, so I just put that on. So I see it then, and also before I started rewatching it like every year. There was a channel here, other than Comedy Central, that used to just play it all throughout the day. So I have seen some episodes a hundred times. <laughs> I got, I just know it's been a hundred. Yeah. I can quote Friends. I do quote Friends. Sure. And, yeah. There were certain episodes you could do a full start-to-end table read just off the cuff. Yeah. I really do think I could. So I think I quote friends to you. Like there's all, or even sometimes I'll be writing something on social media and it calls for a friend's like quote or whatever. At least once a week. Sure. <laughs> I say once a week because in my mind I want to say something like every other day. But, but I that think makes that, you sound like a maniac. That's, no. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get her help. I don't care if it makes me sound like a maniac. She thinks she's like, Monica. I don't think... She's um, heading off to her chef's job. I am 80s Monica. Right, in I, the flashbacks. 80s in the show, flashback Monica. Yeah. What was my point? You made me lose my point about the... Oh, yeah, I don't care if it makes me look like a maniac. I, <laughs> Your I Honor, just think I won't I, be committed to that institution. You know what I think it is? Sometimes I don't say the reference. It's in my head, though, for sure. Okay. And, I, and I think sometimes I just don't say it. So that's how often... And it just comes naturally. I'm not trying to like drop friends references wherever I go. It just happens naturally. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. I know. I know of a like um, YouTuber who has her own like um, like nail polish line, and she she like loves friends as well. She's like obsessed, and she names some of her nail polishes like after friends references or whatever chalanda labong do you remember <laughs> that's miss chalanda labong 
I remember. That's remember the full the, name of the lipstick. Do you remember the? It's an L varnish. Well, she can branch out. She's got that YouTube money. <laughs> Google AdSense is paying her well. Do you remember um, the episode? I watched it the other day, actually, where Joey's on the game show and he gets like all the questions. A ghost. Wrong. What does he say? Um, I don't. Why did you bring one. this up? Shh. I know what you're talking about. You know what it is? I second guess myself. Sure. I'll just vamp while you Google this. I'm there saying I'm like the queen of fucking. <laughs> He's like, what an embarrassing. No, I'm going to play it. Describe for Joey things you find in your refrigerator. <laughs> they might as well just give us the points. <laughs> Let me skip to the bit where he actually Oh, gosh. Says it. This is becoming a train wreck. Also, I didn't approve this multimedia add on to the show. The high quality audio from your phone speaker right into the yeah yeah the microphone. Oh shit! You put this in your coffee. Uh, a spoon. Your hands. Your face. It's white paper. Snow. A ghost. <laughs> so she called. That's what she called the nail varnish because it was like a white nail varnish. What did she call it? Paper snow. A ghost. Oh okay. I like that. Or maybe she should call it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I made me second guess myself. That's cool. I've always said to you... I make me second guess myself. Not you. I said you, but I make me. How accusatory. Oh my God, I've gone mad. (laughs) I always say to you, and you never like to hear it, I don't like (laughs) the last couple of seasons. What is wrong with you? I don't enjoy them. More and more, I enjoy those more than the first I love the first couple of seasons. There's just a feel to that early 90s New York City. It's just... It's so good. It's so good. And that show... It's such a unique sitcom. I think I feel like a lot of people, it's become kind of cool to hate on it and say it was never that good. People overrate yeah. it. But I've it has such a unique vibe to it, which I've never seen in any yeah. other show. And I think that's why it has such a long tail of fan following. I feel like a lot of sitcoms as well, where it is just like about a group of people like that. Um I'm always in my mind <laughs> As opposed to the sitcoms yeah, about know. an island of dogs. I don't know. <laughs> Hey Rex, how's it going at the factory today? When I said it, I was like, as opposed to what in my brain? But uh, (laughs) a colony of aliens and their wacky problems terraforming a planet. I'd watch that to be honest. Um, I feel like I'm always comparing it to friends in my head. Like I'm like, this is not good. Also, friends already did that. Like that's that's what my brain does. Plus. yeah, you're right. It does have such a unique feel to it. And all those things, because sometimes when you rewatch Friends, you're like, in a way, like this story, this like trope or whatever, is like if a show did that now, you'd be like rolling your eyes because you know a million shows between then and now have done it. But because you're thinking Friends did this before everyone was doing it. Not that they did it everything yeah. first, but... Yeah. It was it really just the up. first time you saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It holds up in that respect. Yeah. This is kind of like how seemingly every American, and I'm basing this on my knowledge of people talking on podcasts, so this is a generalization that really doesn't hold any weight, but seemingly every American worships Seinfeld and yeah. says it's the best show ever and nothing is even close to it and it's so genius and God will never see the likes of 
Jerry Seinfeld and his comedic genius again. I feel like we can't really say that that's not necessarily true, but we can say, like, for me, I can say I've seen a bit of it. Like, I haven't even watched a full episode. Yeah, I've seen scenes from it. Like, I've seen scenes from it here and there, and I, it, it, nothing about it, like, said to me, you must watch this, it's so good. I also think, whereas, like, when I was watching Friends for the first time, how old would I have been? Like, it was the 90s, so I was probably... Early teens, 30, or even... 35. <laughs> I mean, yeah. thinking about kids. How old are you again? Are you are you quarter of a century old? <sighs> You're really thirty. It's a good thing Let's I'm going to live it. to one fifty. Then <laughs> I'm going to become a Methuselah. No. Well, I am. What's a quarter of one fifty? Uh, you're talking to the wrong person. You don't know what maths is. I know what it is. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> How dare you put so me on the So you're basically saying you're 30 to 40 by saying you're a quarter of 150. So I you aged yourself about. up. You <laughs> aged yourself up. Anyway, my point. What okay. was my point, Kelly? Oh, yeah. So I would have been like early teens or whatever. And they was, when the show started, they were supposed to be like mid-20s. So to me, that was like, I don't know. It was like, oh, I watch this, this show and these are like, you know, this type of age is like cool. But I feel like... Seinfeld was already a big thing by the time I would have got to that age. And they were like 30s to 40, or they looked it anyway, at least. And so, yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe I was too young. I feel like if I'd have been a bit older, I probably would have got into it. But And you really can't go back and watch shows like that now. They're very of the time. And if you missed it, it's a very ephemeral attraction and that's why people really yeah. glom onto it forever because they watched it back in the 90s and it was the best thing ever in the 90s yeah. and so now they still have that deep-seated affection for it i like to think i'd still like friends if i only ever saw it for the first time now but the truth is i don't know that i don't I would. think that i would because there are a lot while i love friends and it's one of my favorite shows of all time and it's my most rewatched show i i do have problems with it <laughs> Obviously, now watching it, not even watching it now, for me, watching it always, certain things that they said, certain jokes that they did, I definitely disliked, but I guess it, it wasn't enough. My love for it is hard. My love for it, like somehow I I can't let it go. You can forgive its flaws. You know how like when like, I don't know, a famous person would do something or, you know, They'll make like this horrible joke in this movie, and so you're like, no, I can't. I'm like writing it off, kind of thing. It's really hard for me to do that with friends. It's like if Kristen Stewart kicked a puppy on film, you'd be umming and ahhing. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, well, I don't like dogs. She's so, so talented, and just I, I love her so much. And like maybe that puppy was like racist or something. I don't know. <laughs> you meet. You totally miss me saying, well, I don't like dogs, so... No, I heard it. I just steamrolled on. Your answer's there, really, isn't it? It's not that I don't like dogs. That's me. People are <laughs> think I'm horrible. I obviously, like, don't hate dogs in terms of, like, I want bad things to happen to them. If I see, like, a sad dog... <laughs> if I see, like, a sad dog... It I will console make, them. It will make me cry. But I'm How do you scared. know the dog is sad? Dogs are always sad. Dogs are just waiting to be fed and played with. They they just want to be pet by you. That's it. And when they're not eating and they're not being stroked, they have this like 
They're in limbo. Sad dog face. My life has no meaning. And I can't take it. I would just cry all the time if I had a dog like that. But the reason why I said I don't like dogs, it's not really... I shouldn't really call it that. I should say I'm afraid because I'm afraid of dogs. Let me just say this real quick before you finish this point so that I can kind of derail you and you'll forget what you're going to say. You fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) It is true that dogs do look sad when you're not giving them attention. But I will say this on their behalf. Because I have been a dog owner and a cat owner in my life. <laughs> because I have been a dog. <laughs> in a past life, before I was reincarnated into this fine hunk of man. Although dogs do have that low of being visibly sad, when they're happy, it's so clear yeah. from their faces and their body language that they're over the moon, joyously exuberant. Yeah. When they're Whereas like cats, jumping about and their tails are wagging and they're like, yeah. you know... Even when cats are clearly getting what they want, when they want to be stroked and you call them up and you're giving them half an hour of petting and they're just, you know that they're satisfied, they the but they never give you any kind of visible... Purring yeah. is the equivalent though, I but guess. But they purr for a lot of different things. But they don't purr when they're sad. They don't purr That's when true. they're in pain. They purr when they're happy or content or like, you know... They're trying to get something from you. Cats also hiss at you, and dogs don't bark at you, really, if you're yes, their they owner. Do. If Maybe if you step on their tail. Yeah, but dogs bark, yeah, bark at you, I guess you Rudy said. Rudy will sometimes hiss at me. But cats usually hiss if, like, you know, they've done something bad and you're like, don't do that, and so they hiss at you because they want to be able to do it. Rudy has never hissed at me for no reason. Like... I know, but he has he... bit and scratched you for no reason. Many, many a yeah, time. Yeah, but dogs can do that too. I had a dog for many years. Never bit me for no reason. Dog. Okay, but that's not all. Hashtag not all dogs. I never ever once said all dogs. I'm saying rewind both... the audio, engineered Bob. I never once said dogs will do that. I said dogs and cats do that. They can do that. Just like how... Well, some... any animal can do anything. Well, yes. Well, you're being silly. A goldfish could jump out of its bowl and no, suck couldn't. your eyeball out. No, it couldn't. With its weird circular sucking mouth. Rudy does scratch and bite me, yes. He's a little feisty little cat. But I've had cats that don't do that at all. Like, ever. Dogs... The reason why I'm afraid of dogs is not some bullshit like I'm scared that one day they will snap, although I am. But it's warranted. I was attacked by a dog when I was young and I did nothing to it. I mean, I really did nothing to it. And people can say, well, maybe it was because you were scared and they could smell fear or whatever. It's like, all right, well, they shouldn't then attack you. That's stupid. I was attacked by a dog. I was pushed into like a rose bush. So it was like double the fucking trauma. All the rose thorns sliced me up. Um, (laughs) It was. It was like a scene out of Carrie. It was like I was just covered in blood because they had, like, cut me up. And um, it was a really, really big dog as well. I know I was little, but it was was a a big dog. A St. Bernard, if you will. It was like a um, Great Dane or something like that. Those are strange-looking dogs. Yeah, they're they're so long and thin. No, you're thinking of a... Greyhound. Greyhound. Yeah. Um, they don't look too dissimilar. Great Danes are like big, scary bodyguard dogs. They're like very... He's wearing an earpiece. <laughs> I've got the target. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking him to the armoured convoy. I've got the VIP. 
Yeah, so, and I've seen dogs kind of like fight and turn on turn right. for seemingly no reason. And so, to me, if a cat's unpredictable, it's gonna scratch your legs and stuff, and like maybe bite your hand. But I feel like if a dog turns on you, it could kill you. Yeah, this is so true. That's why I'm more scared of. That's why I guess I'm not scared of cats, and I am scared of dogs. There is quite a giant disparity yeah. in the level of consequences if you incur the capriciousness of your pet beast. Exactly. I like the idea of like. Well, not. I don't know if I like the idea, but I always kind of thought if I ever lived alone, I should probably have a dog. But I don't know. Like you did live alone briefly, though. I did, and I probably should have had a dog. You could have got like a little Scotty dog. Because we. No, I'd want, like, a fucking Alsatian or something, like a German Shepherd. What's the difference? Is that just the two different names for the same dog? Or you different talk dogs? to the wrong person about dog breeds. I do not know. I'd, or I'd have, like, a... Um, what are those dogs that kind of, like, wolves? Huskies? Yeah, I like those. I like those. They're very charismatic. Like, whenever you see a picture of them, they yeah. just seem intelligent. Like, something in their eyes yeah. makes them seem like they have some kind of cunning. That's what I mean. I'd have, like, a smart dog. German right. Shepherds are, like, one of the smartest Not like dogs. a little wiener dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good for unintentional comedy, <laughs> but not much else. Or, like, a golden retriever. Because they're sure. smart as well. My, my dog was... He's, like, a mix, right? A golden retriever mix. Yeah, he was... A, I think he was a mix between a golden retriever and a Labrador. Are they the same thing? No. I, I don't know. I don't I, again, know. I'm not the person to ask about dog genealogy. Yeah. And we also got him from a shelter, so you're probably never going to know for he sure. He looks like a golden retriever without all the shagginess. Right. He's fluffy, obviously, but he hasn't got, like, the big shag that, like... <laughs> that's the name Are you of 12? Your, That's the name of your Bridget Jones fan fiction, the big shag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My mind goes in such strange, meandering places. God, Bridget Jones, what a pile of crap. Um... <laughs> um Hey, that's you're... Renee Zellweger's best work. <laughs> she won the four Academy Awards Empire for that. best Empire Records. Don't you even I don't even question. know what that is. Probably some old How person shit. How dare you? How dare you? You turn into it's Sauron. It's Man in Day! <laughs> you don't know things. What was... it? Look, that wasn't air guitar. It looked like you were playing... I was dancing. Air maracas. Oh, I put my hands up and then I was dancing. You're it, not smart. It looked like you were shaking instruments with your hands. Oh, I was just like getting excited. Or just like two shake weights in your hand. Practicing for the hand job championships. <laughs> I'm not even going to say yeah. what you just did. I'll leave it to the reader's imagination. I didn't do anything. Do you know when I told I did that in front of my family? No. I was at like a family dinner and I put some salt on my food. And my auntie like hates salt and she was like... Don't use salt or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. She said something about not using salt. What a weird thing to hate. And so I pretended to pick up the salt. I, w I was doing like a uh, uh, salt everywhere kind of thing. I'll have as much salt as I want. And so I mimicked picking up two salt shakers and shaking them into my mouth. And of course. Sure. And my cousins who were like young, they just looked at me like, you know what that looks like. I was mortified for two seconds and I didn't care. They added it to the spank bank. Because I definitely. What is wrong with you? I definitely have a type of family where you can do stuff like that and it's like funny rather yeah. than don't mention penises. Like, yeah. Anyway, what's my point? Dogs. Um, you have a family dog. Right. 
and I was and scared. And he's just a little adorable he bundle is. of joy. I was. I am always immediately scared of dogs. However, if the dog seems like it might be all right if I'm introduced to it properly and stuff, <laughs> then if it signs a non-aggression treaty, yeah, with me and my NATO allies, exactly. I mean, because your dog was nice, seemed nice to me, like straight Don't away. Don't say was. Yeah, you know what I mean? My dog is very much alive and will live to 45 at the minimum. Whatever. I'm not talking about dog years either. He will live forever, but... Um, If a dog gets old enough, do they get grey fur? Yes, they do. Ooh, distinguished. Not always. Distinguished. (laughs) Get like a little monocle. The Sean Connery of dogs. Her. Miss Moneypenny. I was going to say something else other than Miss Moneypenny because that's a basic bitch, but... Well... You didn't say anything. You just made a noise. Yeah, I know. But then the worst thing about anyway, listen. I refuse. Rex the dog. Yep. He was lovely. I just want to inter- say, for you nerds out there, and I know you're out there, my brethren, that's Rex with a W. Yeah. And he's named after the Krogan from the Mass Effect trilogy. So take that. Cool. You thought it was a basic bitch dog name? Stolen from America of your white picket fences and a, oh, yeah, Rex is and a like dog, a dog name. named Rex that brings you the newspaper as you go out to yeah. work and your 50s housewife kisses you on the cheek as she prepares for a long day of baking and taking care of the children. I think I'd like to have that family. Sure. Oh, really? Um, is that why you threw away all the condoms? I'll take... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the cookies and that's it. So... You have to. You can. You can bake cookies now. Did I ever say on the podcast who Rudy's named after? Talking while we're talking about it. I don't think so. Rudy's named after the ice truck killer from Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> it was either at the time I had decided it was either going to be Dexter or Rudy because they were brothers, and I chose Rudy right. out of the two, and that's why. And, and then, then yeah. my brother years later got my. Cat is a boy, and he's called Rudy. And then he got a girl cat called the girl cat Dexter. So that's kind of cool because we're brother and sister, and their brother they could be brother and sister. Dexter's a strange name for a girl. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? My mom's got a cat, a girl cat called Ralph. That's adorable. That was because they thought it was a boy when she was a kitten, and so they named him Ralph, and then. When they found out, it, when they took it to the vet and the vet was like, no, it's... I think the first vet they took it to said, yeah, yeah, it's a boy. And then the second vet they took it to said, no, it, it's a girl. I think. I don't know. Either way, they decided to keep the name. But um, That's a super cute name. That is a super cute name. It suits her as well. Like, Anyway, my point was, your dog Rex is really nice. I mean, I sometimes still get a little bit like... When like he, because occasionally when we walk into the house, like when we go and visit, he jumps up me, and I'm really scared of that. Yeah. But I know, I think I definitely know, like ninety nine percent. So it's not really definitely, but I know ninety nine percent that he's just he's so excited, excited and boisterous and happy to see you. However, I think the reason why I can't get on board one hundred percent with dogs is because I know that they can just snap at any point and. You won't see it coming. It was just it will just happen, and yeah. So I can't. I can't. It. 
as sure as I possibly could be. I mean, you can never be absolutely certain about anything. But I am as sure, as certain as I can conceivably be that my dog would never accident or that my dog would never randomly bite you. I mean, it would just, it would basically be like for 10 years, he showed absolutely not even the slightest trace of that kind of aggressive behavior. And then out of the blue, Mm. completely provoked by nothing he does it it doesn't make any sense it can happen but sometimes it's just a case of they're getting old so they get you know maybe their mind's going or maybe they're just getting irritable and so they snap they don't actually mean to hurt you but they snap at you and they don't know that to you it's like aggression um yeah you know what i hate when you know like say if there's i know you don't really do that as much now but when I was younger, it was normal if you saw a dog to, like, stroke the dog or whatever. Right. Which is weird when you think about it. Um, I always hate when there's, like, an owner with dog, a dog or dogs, and they're like, don't worry, they won't bite. Put that in writing, please. Yeah. What they really should say is, they don't normally bite, they should be fine, because, you know, they don't know. And maybe they've had the dog 25 years and they've never been anyone. I still don't think you should say they won't bite. Yeah. Because I don't... You're tempting fate at that point. There also might be something about that stranger that sets them off. You don't know. So I just think it's a good idea to not, like, pet strange dogs. Yeah, that's very true. It's kind of at your own risk if you want to do it. Same with cats. If you, like, you don't know, a cat. there are cats that just want to fucking fuck you up. They just want (laughs) to bite you and they don't want to be touched. They don't want to be talked to. (laughs) <laughs> They're just going to, like, hiss at you and scratch you and bite you. Talk to. Whereas, like, well, Rudy does have that kind of, like, nature where he bites you when he's annoyed and he scratches you. Like, he runs after me when I'm walking and he, like, scratches at my ankles. He's incredibly loving as well. Like, I know there are a lot of people who don't really, they're not familiar with cats who are like, cats are like assholes. They, don't, they just don't want anything to do with you and they're not loving like dogs are. But actually, the way Rudy comes and sleeps on us... And the way he, like, comes to me in the middle of the night and, like, that's incredibly loving, you know? It's, it depends what mood you catch them in. Yeah. They can be aloof and they can be standoffish. They're complex creatures where dogs are more easy to We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. It seems like cats, you'd think that they would be less sophisticated mentally because they're smaller, they have smaller brains, but... What, what are you laughing at? That that's unassailable know. logic. It just made me giggle. <laughs> dogs, as we were just saying. Oh my god! I just had a thought, and I have to derail you. Lobotomizing do you ever, cats. Do you ever have the thought of like my fridge is full? <laughs> no. My fridge is full of yummy food, and I know that like. <laughs> no more bong hits for you. I know that. When I open it... The sativa has not not been good for your concentration. I'm not going to want for anything. And in this moment, when I had that thought, I feel incredibly lucky and grateful. That's nice. I just had that thought. Anyway, go on. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about this the other day, how dogs really do go from happy to just waiting to be happy again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really sad. It's a very strict dichotomy in terms of their moods. Whereas cats do seem to have a wide spectrum of different moods and different mentalities about how they want to interact with you. They're a much more 
unpredictable, yeah. capricious creature. And you have to get used to that and you have to respect that. It's easier to say when there's something wrong with the dog because they're like always the same. They wake up, they want to be fed, they want to be taken out for a walk, they want to be stroked. If they're then acting weird, it's like my dog's acting weird, I need to take it to the vet. A cat can has a hundred things it could do when it when you wake up you don't know it could be acting anyway and you're unsure of whether this is just a personality thing the cat's in a mood or there's something wrong something that goes along with that as well is that you can't you can't train a cat i mean i'm sure like if you tried to like train your cat from a kitten to do a very minimal amount of things it might do it when rewarded with treats. Kind of like how, I mean, the most training our cat has is like doing its business in the cat litter tray. And it fe- Rudy in particular likes to fetch the ball. He doesn't bring it back as much <laughs> as he used to. But for the first like six or seven years of his life, whenever you threw the ball, he, he chased the ball and he brought it back. And he doesn't always bring it back to you. That's what I mean. But, but he, he drops get it, it in the general yeah. area. So, yeah, that's another thing. And you, you can always train say that's dog- a test. He drops it in the same room as you and then just kind of looks at you as if to say, do you like me enough to come over and grab the I really the ball do again? think it is a test. Sometimes it's because he's, he doesn't want to play anymore. And sometimes I think it's because he's saying, no, you come and get it. It's like a game. Whereas, like, with dogs, you can train them to do so many yeah. things, and they will. Some people train their dogs to, like, get the newspaper for them in the morning, like, and and if they're big enough dogs, they can open the door. Right. Cats ain't got a fucking hope in hell of doing shit like yeah. that. So There's no seeing eye cats. That- <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a blind person walking down the street with a cat on the leash? Hey, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. That's how you get on the front page of Reddit. <laughs> yes. Hi, I train cats for blind people. AMA. Yeah, good. Yeah, that would be cool though. I like cats way more than I like dogs. Sure. It's not like I need to stop using that. There's nothing wrong with dogs except for the fact that, well, except for the fact that they scare me and they're always sad. I can't handle <laughs> the sadness. It makes me want to cry. Yeah. I feel bad for them. I feel like they want something I can't give them and I don't know what to do. And I couldn't be around that 24-7 because it's too much for me to take. Right. You are a delicate flower. I am. You're sensitive. I am. If you were a hand soap, (laughs) you would be the sensitive moisturizer version. Oh, that's the nicest thing you ever said to me. That's no, dark. That's not the nicest that's a, thing. That would be it. a bad reflection on our relationship. That was a funny response, though. It was. I grade it three out of ten. Well, you didn't leave the beat long enough. See, we could be on friends. You didn't leave the beat long enough. Well, there was no and audience that's why laughter. We can't be on friends. To let me know how long to hold it. Yeah. yeah. We were saying. You're bef- get good. I'm trying. <laughs> My whole life is a, a long aspiration of trying to get good. What's going to happen when you finally do? Will there be a prize? That's a good question. Does it ever end? Do you ever have that zen, enlightened moment of, I have achieved what I want to achieve. I can now just sit here quietly and enjoy my This has come to a place. They always, say, they always say you should never get what you want. Who's they? And why are we listening to them? The PTB. What does that mean? Ten points for that reference. Ten points to Gryffindor? 
I don't know what that means. Are you kidding? I know it's related to Harry Potter. So but you I don't do know what, know it, what means. it means. I don't know what it. No, I don't know what it means. I know that the Gryffindor is something from Harry Potter. That's okay. all I know. What's P.T. Bean? You've got to explain it now. <sighs> the powers that be. What's that a reference it's from? It's from Angel. Oh, okay. Okay, good, honestly. <laughs> references are best when you minutely break them down for the listener. No, references are best when you just drop that shit and leave it and I... let people think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely never good to say that out loud. Well, you made me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were saying just before, because before we actually sit down to record the actual podcast, we do a quick mic test. And... I always find that in that 10, 15 minute beforehand period, that's when we're we're riffing, we're making jokes, we're doing cute things. And I always wish that hit, like I always say to you, I wish this is what had been the start of the podcast because <laughs> we did all this good stuff. One day there'll be a blooper reel of just like... Mic tests, Mike test. silliness. Mm. One day I will release an episode, a special bonus unnumbered episode called Mike Test Silliness. You say this like we have listeners. <laughs> well, you can release it whether you have listeners or not. <laughs> That's true. I really get some kind of like joy about like putting stuff out into the world, regardless of whether it's like yeah. you know that it's being received. Right. I, I, I know we've touched on this before when we talk about like why people post to social media and stuff, so I won't go into it, but like yeah, I just get, I really get something out of it. Like, yeah. When you create something, it's like the final step to really complete the act of creation. Yeah, I think it's got something to, to do with... put it out there, yeah. to publish it, to give it to the world. Whether or not people are then subsequently going to view it yeah. or experience it, it doesn't, it kind of doesn't really matter. It definitely comes from being like a creative, like artist type person, because... With without that kind of instinct, sensibility, I've, I've made I've made it now. Like not not I've made it as in like famous. I mean I made the project. Yeah. Don't call it a project. You know what I mean. I've made whatever I've made, and I need to just push it out. Like I need to just. You've sold out to the man. Need to birth man. it. You know, yeah. I need to birth it out into the world. Start making these motions <laughs> from your crotch. <laughs> I don't want to think about you pushing a three hundred page paperback from your vaginal canal. That's going to be the cover of my book. <laughs> and eight. <laughs> you put one of those colonoscopy cameras. What is wrong right with you? You went to up, but you always go too far. That's what, that's what they say about me. <laughs> I was voted most likely to go too far in my uh, high school yearbook. You know, you're with, you know, you've really made a good choice about who you're with. Like when I said that wrong, I didn't mean to say, you know, you've made a good choice. You know you found, like, love when you can say, like, really fucked up shit to each other. <laughs> like, you have really, like, weird thoughts and then you say it to the other person. And, and they not the horrified. Other, and even though the other person might be like, oh, oh my God. They they don't think you're, like, a messed up weirdo for sure. it. They appreciate your craziness. I appreciate this validation of my synchronicity yeah. with you, my compatibility always with you. taking it to the place that's what our podcast should that's be called that's what I was going to say on your headstone Ryan Finch he always, always took, took it, it to, to the place. place no one's going to get that no one needs to get it but me sure <laughs> I'm trying to think what my original point is I just wanted to say I definitely do feel that in terms of 
when I make something, whatever it is, whether it's a piece of writing or it's a podcast or... You know what I was thinking, don't No. You? I can tell by your face you do. What? I don't know. <laughs> You've got to fill me in. You've got to loop me into this no, private sphere. No, I'm a five-year-old. Of laughter. No, I can't. I... I am an actual five-year-old okay. thinking one, I just thought. I need to know now. No, I can't. I can't live not no knowing. No one will ever, if the handful of listeners that we do have will never listen again if I say it. Oh, God, now I really want to know. <laughs> You're, this is tantalizing. I can't. It's funnier if I don't. You're it's not funny us. if I say it. Oh, God. <sighs> Along the lines of that kind of like, um, no, it's not going to really fit. I it? hear that a lot. I said, don't worry, baby. See, I was like a five-year-old in my thought, and I didn't say it. You were like a 12-year-old just now, and you did say it. But I'm seven years older than you, mentally, at least. Sure. That's, I'm in my adolescence. I don't understand. You're barely above a toddler. That's just mean. Is it mean, or in toddler's a state of innocence? Mm, It's a state of assholery. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mean you never, you never heard of the terrible twos? Right, but you're, you're five. You're... A five-year-old is not a toddler. Oh. You're... A five-year-old is in school. Uh, okay. I don't have one of those small humans. But you were one. But I don't remember. But you know what you were at what age. No, I don't. I actually have you're a very... You're not smart. <laughs> I'm appalled. I'm insulted. And I'm now self-conscious and insecure about my intelligence. <laughs> you said that with such conviction. <laughs> I unsealed your IQ test, Ryan. I know the horrible truth. God, people who go on about IQ tests, uh, it's yeah. like, shut the fuck up. But then it's equally, such... the people who go on about how IQ tests are worthless and they don't really measure anything. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying when I say people who yeah, go on about... But it's just fanaticism on either side. Yeah. It's, it doesn't really matter. Like, just who cares? Yeah. Anyway, it's a heart. beyond quantifying our worth in numerical value, the point I was going to say was, like, when we put episodes of this podcast down, it's weird because it's hard not to look at the numbers in a kind of vanity way of like, oh, how many people listen to it? Like, and it, of course, it makes you feel a bit better each increment it goes up day by day. At the same time, what what's the real difference or value between 500 strangers listening to something that you recorded or 2,000 listeners? Like, it makes absolutely yeah, no difference to you. The numbers have to be massive it's just for, you, for you to... A specified number of strangers yeah. who you're never going to meet, you're never going to talk to. You have no notion of how they received what you made. So at a certain point, the number really has no... Unless you're trying to build something, you're trying to get paid via advertising mm. or, or you're trying to actually foster an audience for a, a real yeah. purpose. And also if the difference is between five listeners and five million, yeah. then it's like... That's a, yeah. That's what I mean. The numbers have to be, be really great for you to... But still, it's, it's still... If they don't actually yeah. communicate with you, it's just... That's true. A faceless mass of strangers on the internet. Plus, are you going to feel any different knowing... Because to me, a lot of people listening, 500 is a lot to me. Right. I mean, let's be more realistic on 
it being a lot to everyone, let's say 5,000, right. right? There's no difference between 5,000 and 5 million in terms of, like, how you feel inside, I think. Mm, Unless you are kind of, like... I think there is. I, I think the question is just, should there be? Because what does... Like, what, say if you get a popular YouTube video, you... It's not... It's not... I take back what I just said. I think there would be a difference. You picked a too picked, big of a I second did. number. I think I meant... Let's say 5,000 and like 500,000. No, you still no. go... Okay. Five... 5,050,000. It's like a reverse auction, trying to get as low as possible. <laughs> 5,050,000? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's more yeah. close I mean, enough. it'd be mind-blowing in terms of like, for a second, you look at the numbers and you're like 50,000 people. And then you think for a minute, that's quite a lot of people. That many people have heard what I've said. But then, I mean, you go about your life. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, actually, doesn't fix any of your problems. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the way it would affect your life in terms of like, if 5 million people have listened to you, you're probably a famous person. I don't mean it like that. I mean, sitting here in my home, if tomorrow I found out five fifty thousand 50,000 people had listened to our podcast, I wouldn't be famous, but like, I mean, how it affects me in my yeah. home, not like how it affects you in your work life or whatever yeah well you could i mean if you started to have that type of audience you could potentially build a career out of yeah. whatever you're doing so i but guess obviously that's not what we're talking about anyway but like in a pragmatic sense maybe it does have that importance my point is when you put something out there say a youtube video it's not a strict pure meritocracy like your video could subjectively be good or bad depending on who's viewing it but at the same time it's really youtube's algorithms which decide how popular it can like the upper ceiling of how popular it can mm. get word of mouth can definitely help give it bumps here and there but if youtube is not putting it in the suggested videos of like videos that themselves yeah. already have a lot of views and bring in a lot of eyeballs on those web pages then you're never going to be able to organically grow it into a 5 million view video. It's just, so, you know, I don't know how much, if even if you did start to get successful, you would, ha if you were being completely honest with yourself, you would have to concede that a lot of that is down to how the YouTube gods looked favorably yeah. on you for some reason, because they wanted to build you into a star and they didn't choose this other person. Like that's the only, mm. that's the coin toss that, you're dealing with so you can't really take full absolute credit for the the level of audience you're able to build i was going to disagree with you at first saying that like it's not just the algorithm and it's not but actually when i think about when i view youtube and i go on youtube a lot like i'm someone who does go on quite a bit um I rarely use the search bar anymore. Yeah. I do go by suggested... I go by... When I first open YouTube, what videos are on the screen. The homepage. Yeah. And then what's in my subscription boxes. And then when I'm viewing a video from either one of those places, I see what's down the left-hand side. And then when I go back to the main homepage, it's a new set of videos yeah. for you to watch. And so I usually that's enough for me to go down whatever rabbit hole I'm interested in. So unless I specifically want like a tutorial for something or 
I'm I'm going on because I want to see a music video or I'm searching for a specific interview or, or a specific whatever, then I don't use the search I just go off based off that's exactly uh, the point I'm making so actually it really is based on like those YouTube working the way it's supposed to work it's how they pull those levers behind the scene which ultimately not saying like this controls every single aspect of someone's success or failure but I think it's the largest part in how Mm. quickly that snowball can roll downhill and get bigger and bigger but like the suggested videos is one thing, but it's also when you type something into the search bar, it doesn't work in terms of, say I type in just a, a random string of words, orange, octopus, spaghetti. It doesn't give me the first video that has that exact title. Yeah, no. It, it gives doesn't. you like the most popular videos that yeah. may have one or like some of those words in. So you're not actually... Like, even with the search where you feel like you're reaching in and plucking out very specific targeted things, Mm. it's still exercising some control, some dominion over what it then feeds you. I feel like the search is kind of shit in that... Let's let's choose mukbangs as as an example. If I want to see a specific type of food being eaten and I've kind of exhausted all my usual YouTubers that I go to... Then I will use the search bar. So say I type in pizza mukbang, right? It will always bring up results of people that I'm in my subscription boxes first. And I'm like, well... What's the point? What's the point I've already seen those. Yeah. So I have to scroll through all those main ones. And then I find it is the most popular. So then you have to obviously change your search. So you have to say, like, uploaded last or whatever. Um... But I find even then, you know, if you if you type in something really niche where there's probably not going to be like tons of tons of results, but you can go through the search results and still never find a certain video, yeah. and then that video will pop up in suggested videos. I'm like, why didn't I find that when I was searching? Why was it hidden? Yeah, from this brief period of time, just give um, it to me straight away. Yeah. <laughs> This is that we should have named this show Samantha and Ryan ramble and lose the the plot because my original point was we say all of this good stuff or at least what I think is good stuff before the podcast ever starts and sometimes you say things just when you're talking to each other, like when we're making dinner, we yeah. make jokes to each other. And I sometimes think, oh, I never make jokes this good on the podcast <laughs> because there's no pressure on me when we're just chatting yeah. over the stove. I I almost feel like, you know how now you can buy those, they're like little cameras that clip onto your lapel. They're usually like a little square about the size of... Like a pin? Like a watch face, mm. like a big watch face. And it's just constantly taking photos or video throughout the day. Yeah. Which is an interesting idea because then... You'd have to sift through so much. Though. But if something happens, then you can go back and find that particular thing. Yeah, you can say to yourself, oh, that joke was really good. Or that no, thing I, I said was really... A lot of them are just visual, just video or images with no audio. Because that's my point. Oh. They're, they're really just kind of like in case I see something crazy happen on the street, like this guy did a backflip and Uh. like 
I, you know, I otherwise would be thinking, God, I wish I'd gotten that on camera. But my, my point is, I feel like I would wear the same thing, but just with a microphone that records straight mm. onto an embedded memory. Because then you could almost make a podcast of over the course of a week, I live with these people or I live with this person. Here are like the best so conversations. Like a vlog, but, a, a but like a real candid glimpse into yeah. the way that you actually talk with people you can still you still get that final cut of i edit it down and mm. i only give you what i'm comfortable giving you you don't I have think, to give a yeah. like, real intimate important conversations but say when you do make that really funny joke and you're thinking to yourself god i wish i could have put that out there you could then just like quickly note down in your phone what time it was and at the end of the day go back and snip it out and then yeah yeah you see what i'm saying two things i think we do do a pretty good job at like on the podcast talking how we usually talk yeah that's true obviously there are some exceptions and um second thing is i think that type of thing would be cool to see what the outcome was but i think you know that thing would come in really handy if you were like for instance these youtubers that are like all they do is vlog. I don't mean all they do as in, like, it's not a big deal. I mean, that's what their channel yeah. is. It's vlogging. Um, that's their occupation. Yeah. No, I don't mean it like that. I just mean their content oh, is yeah. vlogging. Um, that type of thing will come in handy because that person creating those vlogs wants to capture all the good moments. But I think, obviously, for so- there's a line. For some people like us, we don't necessarily want to do that. But it would be interesting to see what the outcome was. I document quite a lot of myself. Maybe not what I say, but yeah. visually. I Well, you are a photographer. That's yeah. how your mind that thinks about mind self-documentation. Thinks. I do want to branch into video, though. Not necessarily YouTube, but like... I really enjoy Insta stories. And um, especially the way Instagram now... you can like save your Instagram stories and make them as like almost like menu items at the top of your profile. So you can make like an Instagram story and then say that it's like, this is my, all my Instagram stories about this one particular thing. And here are all my, so it's kind of like a little mini YouTube channel playlist. And so I like the idea of that because I don't know that I would ever be someone who wants to create enough content, content to make a YouTube channel but i like the idea of like snippets because it's really just a longer form of photography like small videos what it's it's stitching still images together so technically yes i mean like instead of doing like a 20 minute video where you have to like and that's the thing i i like the i like because i like putting myself out there and i like the idea of like showing whatever I want to show, but I don't necessarily know that I want to be, like, a person who then has to, like, think of a video to create, like, because my brain doesn't automatically work that way. But I think trying this, dipping your toe in the water this way, will let you kind of figure out what type of video content you might like to make. And then that might translate to slightly longer form 10-minute YouTube videos. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> and that's that <laughs> and that's the end of that <laughs> because once i say something that's the last word god i can't i, <laughs> I was just gonna say 
the one the bit the one problem with this lapel mic which i guess is what technically it would be it would just have its own kind of storage and it would all it'd be all in one i sound like i'm pitching to the sharks right now <laughs> is the audio quality would not be good like we have to have two microphones next yeah. to our face and even i don't know if you've ever said this before but we don't even have very good mic technique on this podcast. You're supposed to have the microphone like right in front of your mouth, six inches away. But we tried that for a little while and we didn't really like not being able to see each other's face. Because oh, yeah. we have these these girthy. They are very girthy. Blue Yeti mics. And they're, they're, when they're in front of your face, they take up like the lower half of yeah. your face. It's completely I didn't obscured. Like it. We want to be able to see, because if you can't see when the other person opens their mouth to start to speak, you do just end up interrupting, stepping on the other person's, like, the end of their sentences. And I have a problem with that anyway. I, I do interrupt a lot. <clears throat> not because I'm rude, although I guess it is rude. I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I just grew up in a house where you do just talk over each other, which, yes, is rude for most people. So it's hard to program yourself out of that. So, but it's easier if you can see the other person's mouth. Yeah, it's definitely easier. I also didn't like it in the sense that, because when we first started doing podcasts, I found myself becoming really nervous before doing them. It was like, what am I being nervous for? We're just having a conversation. But because you do put on, in the beginning anyway, at least for me, you you don't put things on, but you you are performing in a sense. And when when you can't see the other person, it leans itself more towards performing. Like, it takes away the realness of it. So I wanted to be able to see you. I didn't like it. I mean, yeah. our microphones are still really close. Mine is six inches from my face. It, but it's not directly in front. It's to the side. Yeah, we have it, like, just off to the side of our mouths, diagonally pointed towards our mouths. But I think this kind of goes... I know that we, like, you especially, you're like, I want it to be really good quality. I want to use, like, good equipment so we can have good audio. Because for you, when you want to, like, listen to a podcast or whatever, if it's, like, shitty quality, that's, like, a thing for you. Whereas, like, I feel most people don't care. Especially when you think about what YouTube videos are popular. And then, like, now I feel like as well... Uh, there'll be a new YouTuber, and straight away they've got all the equipment, and it's like you don't need you don't need that right straight away. Not necessarily. And and I feel like you can be successful even when you don't have the good equipment yeah. or the good quality. Because there's a, a lot extent. of things I watch, and it's like this quality is terrible. But you know, that's where like the content itself kind of outshines. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, when you're starting off because equipment can be expensive it is fair for you if you're just trying it out trying to emphasize you don't know if this is going to be something you want to do long term it's okay to begin with kind of subpar quality and just see what you can do with what you have but i, f I do feel like i feel very strongly especially as someone who has listened to thousands and thousands of hours of different podcasts i now having listened to certain podcasts where it however good it might be i'll never know because as soon as i started listening to it it sounds like someone put an iphone in the middle of a gigantic room and then the two people sat on either ends of the room and whispered to each other and there was also a tornado 
whirling about <laughs> outside the window. And everything they do whenever they move or clang something on the table, that's louder than their yeah. voices. <laughs> In fact, I don't want to call them out. Like, I, I just don't understand don't why call people. Them out. Don't no, call them out. I don't know. I just don't understand why people just don't take the extra time to figure out how to do it properly. Yeah. But, but recent- at the same time, I understand why people don't do it straight away. Sorry, right, but I, the, the podcast I listened to had clearly been... Yeah, 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 I guess. They had been doing it for several years. I, I was listening to this podcast a couple of weeks ago where it was like the two usual guys who host the podcast and then they had a guest on. And it was abundantly obvious from the audio. I'm not like an audio engineer who can like pick up all these clues and I, I sleuth it all together. But it was very clear that they were just sitting in a room together two people physically there with a microphone on a table and then they had someone Skype in on their laptop and they just put the laptop on speaker mode and put the laptop next to the microphone on the table. Yeah, it's the worst when it's, it's like just, a video call or like even a yeah. telephone call is like not But really not good. even, pa- they, even, they didn't even patch the audio straight into the podcast. They were recording the Skype audio through the laptop speaker, through the microphone. Yeah. So there's like three removes. Because you could have hooked up the laptop yeah. to the you could have yeah and it, my point being that having listened to so many badly recorded podcasts which sometimes can really spoil it you can put it with a certain amount of you know if it's if it's just mediocre audio quality it's fine you can if the content's good enough it doesn't really matter you you stop hearing the flaws yeah. eventually kind of like how you stop hearing the laugh track on friends yeah that's you true so your much. mind eventually does just block it out mm. I I want to have respect for the listener's time. That's yeah. why I edit out times when we pause to go to the bathroom. That's why I try and edit out audio glitches if I can. Sometimes you can't. But I, I want, I don't want to be, one of the things that really bugs me, I, I'm really getting into it now. I can see you're <laughs> laughing at my enthusiasm. But I hate when podcasters make a joke of, Something happens where, like, you know, someone knocks at the door, there's a phone call, and they just deal with that for, like, you know, two minutes, leaving their guest to kind of ad-lib awkwardly alone into the microphone. And then they sit back down, and they're like, you know, that that, that was probably terrible audio, but I'm just going to leave that in, lol, because I'm lazy, and, like, that's just how you do it. I you understand that? that. Yeah. And it's fine, and, like, whatever. Everyone wants to be carefree, and, like laissez-faire and like it's a rough product but it's like real but at the same time you did just make the listener listen to several minutes of crappy boring audio whereas you could have just easily noted down the time snipped out that dead air and you would have like that minor annoyance for the listener would have been eradicated before they even got to the end product and that's why as best i can i want to do everything i can to present the podcast in the in its best possible form yeah. obviously i don't want to spend like 10 years with a hundred different audio engineers like psychotically nitpicking at every flaw in the audio but when people don't even do the little things that really do have a big effect that's what bothers me because it's like you're not respecting the fact that someone just gave you an hour of their time to listen to what you had to say I understand what you're saying, and I am the opposite to you <laughs> in that because, mo- like, okay, 
You're preparing so yourself. Gonna, yeah. You're stealing yourself for this rant. I'm going to use YouTube because I'm not a huge podcast listener like you, but I do watch a lot of YouTube videos, whether it be like vlogs, <clears throat> makeup tutorials, mukbangs, interviews, whatever. Videos of Richard Spencer's rallies and speeches. Of course. That's what I always go to when I first open YouTube. I yeah. have to keep up to date with things. I don't You're like the know. queen of the alt-right. You're their chubby, rosy-cheeked, pink-haired goddess. I don't even know who Richard Spencer is. That's probably for the best. So I tried to go along with your shitty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, hashtag telling it like it is. <laughs> but I don't know. And now that you've you've... These... said what it is i'm like <laughs> appalled anyway. these are the type of things you can say to each other yeah. when you've been together for seven years yeah oh and I, I really like that you know i know it's such a like ugh, cliche about how like men don't often know how long they've been with their partner but women always know but when you said something to me the other day about how long we'd been together and i don't know i think it's really cute because that you thought about that Anyway. It made you all gooey inside. It did make me gooey inside. It made your heart melt. It did. But I am... Um... Yeah, anyway. So my point was, when I watch YouTubers, even if I'm watching, like, a tutorial where, like... You know, some people have videos where they do tutorials and then they also have separate videos where it's, like, a vlog. So some people might say, when I watch a tutorial, I'm watching it because I want to watch the tutorial. However... And so they don't want any of that extra stuff where it's like they're drinking or they they like answer a phone call halfway through the tutorial or someone knocks on the door, like you said, and they keep it in. And so I can understand getting annoyed at that if you're there to like watch the tutorial. However, for me, I am not watching makeup tutorials because I want to learn how to put makeup on. I'm watching tutorials because for me, the process... Ow, I bit the side of my tongue. <laughs> the process... <laughs> I appreciate that you being honest about that. You gave the listeners a glimpse into the inside of your mouth. That's not what anyone wants to see. No one wants a live 24-hour webcam feed of my uvula. I don't think anyone wants to see... The inside of the mouth is weird, man. It's not the best. Anyway, so... Oh, you fucking derailed me, yep. you fuck. Um, That's what I do. The reason why I watch makeup tutorials, one, is because I personally find the process of applying makeup to be, it's kind of a little bit like an ASMR thing where it soothes me to kind of like, that process of putting on makeup is kind of really relaxing for me. When I put makeup on myself, it's really relaxing. That's why sometimes, if I can, I take the time to spend two hours applying it really slowly. It's very methodical yeah. and zen-like. Exactly. So that's the main reason I like watching tutorials. The second reason is I don't just watch any and all makeup videos. I watch ones by the YouTubers that I like. So the second reason why I'm watching the video is because I like that person's personality. Part of their personality is like, I don't know, like all those makeup makeup people that what are they called like makeup gurus or whatever that put out like the makeup tutorials most of the time i'm thinking to myself why don't one, you have one a... second didn't you tell me they're called beautubers oh yeah i think sometimes you, people call them beautubers which or... is a portmanteau that makes me want to kill myself yeah it's a bit drastic <laughs> it's a poor man's portmanteau <laughs> um i enjoy that word sure you fucking i'm really having trouble concentrating yeah. this podcast i'm a constant 
tormentor of your <laughs> sentence structures. Motherfucker. That's fair. That's more than fair. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that just get it to the ether. Um, usually, if I like a YouTuber and they're like someone who just puts out makeup videos and they don't put out vlogs, in my head I'm thinking, I wish you put out vlogs because I would watch you do anything because I like your personality. So... For me, when they break off to do, like, things that aren't makeup, it doesn't bother me because I would watch a vlog of them doing nothing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and so it doesn't annoy me at all. Whereas I see some people, like, will say, you know, like, when people talk in, like, the makeup groups or the makeup subreddits or whatever, they're like, what are your pet peeves? And people will be saying, I hate it when there's this, that, and the other. And I'm here thinking, well, if that's my favourite YouTuber, I don't care what they're doing. But I understand that some people are there solely for the makeup and nothing else. Right. So I, it's kind of I'm relating that yeah. to, you, to your thing. You have no time for, like fucking around you just want <laughs> i'm the all conversation. You when just it want comes the to conver- comedy podcasts yeah you just want the conversation rather than you don't yeah. need to see such and such taking a break to get a sandwich or whatever whereas me in video form i guess as well that's the difference although i would like to know what sam harris's subway order is <laughs> does he go for the six inch meatball marinara does he get it on hearty italian bread Hard Italian is the only way to go, frankly. It, yeah. And I'm upset that I only knew about Hard Italian, I think, when I met you. Yeah, I taught you the secrets. I didn't know. I just thought, because I'm a pig eater, I was just like, well, I only like regular bread. <laughs> I can't possibly like any other bread. And Hard Italian is regular bread in that it doesn't have, like, seeds or anything in it but it's just like it's just got that texture to it that yeah. that nice nice texture i want a subway sandwich now what have you done to me god i really civilized you when we met i taught you so so much you did you were such a poor naive benighted fool i don't enjoy this well that's because no one likes to be scolded for their shortcomings just the sound of birds chirping and tweeting in my, the background my tummy also rumbled I do. I totally understand what you're saying. It depends. I hadn't finished. I just want to add one thing. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is, okay. I can also see how, even if you like that person and don't care what they do, in podcast form, someone answering the door is just like dead silence yeah. because they've gone away, so you can't even hear them. Right. So I could see how it's much worse in podcast form. I. I. It depends on the extent, like. As with anything, if it's just a small thing, like a little 30 seconds of you, like, you know, it, you make it a part of the podcast where you say, I've got a delivery coming and then you come back with the delivery and you talk about it. So it makes sense yeah. to leave that 30 seconds of you going to grab it from the UPS driver. But it gets to a point where it can be really obnoxious. Like if there's... Every, every so often there's like 30 seconds of dead air because you wanted to look you wanted to google something on your phone that's why i think it is a good rule not to to go on your phone you're saying that because i googled the joey thing no earlier. you did it quickly enough yeah but sometimes 
it breaks the flow of conversation. Like you'll be in the middle of talking about something, and then someone will say, "Oh, wait, wait, wait a second! I just need to quickly check whether whether that's right, or I need to like look up what that guy's name was." And then the other person has to kind of just sit there uncomfortably waiting for you to jump back in, and then you can never really quite grab the tail of where you were before. You don't have the same flow. It's just not good for the conversation. Yeah. So if you can keep it to like a real bare minimum, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But it's obviously a subjective thing. Some I can understand how some people, although it definitely does work better in video, some people like that added realness of someone talking uninterrupted and it's like an unbroken stream of thought and then their real life intrudes and you get to see them do that as well. It's like you get a glimpse of all these different facets of their everyday life. You're just staring at I me. I think someone manically. is transporting a dead body. Because we heard what sounded like a suitcase being dragged. But I've heard it several times now. They're taking because it back and forth. Eagle-eyed viewers <laughs> might know that your voice changed slightly because you went to go pee. Don't give them a glimpse behind the curtain. And while you were peeing, I heard the roll of the suitcase. I like how you whisper as if anyone's going to be able to make that out. That, that's what our Netflix documentary is going to be called, The Suitcase. The Whisper of the Suitcase. That's not bad. <laughs> that's like an Agatha Christie title. It's terrible. Can you move the pillow off my legs? I might, but the question is, do you deserve it? Yes. You do. You do. Skidoo. Skidoo. Aha. Uh-huh. You do so often, as I try to keep my mouth pointed towards the microphone, <laughs> as I grab this pillow from the sofa, just during our everyday routine, you'll do such cute little cartoon-esque voices. Why aren't I a My Little Pony? That's what I'm asking sure. the world. I mean, most people listening will be like, well, because you don't have a cute voice. But my voice... You do have a cute I voice. Let me find... let me refute those phantom naysayers right here and now. Oops. Definitively, for the record, you have a gorgeous, soft, like just charismatic voice that penetrates right into my soul <laughs> i do do voices a lot in everyday life you whether do. it's like cute voices or like accents and just like silliness and i want that to translate on the podcast but yeah it hasn't really that yeah. much and i would like it to because that's how i am in real life and that's going back to like if I ever put out like a video content, I'd hope that it would translate there too. I think that's my problem. I have a hard time translating my personality through anything but pictures <laughs> because and writing, obviously. Right. Because, yeah, it's just hard. That's what you me. know. That's your pet medium. Yeah, that's true. You have experience in how to infuse yourself into that creative energy. But it's just, it's, it's, you will learn how to do that with video if you want to. Yeah, I think so. Once you can do it in one place, it is, that's a skill that's transferable, I think. I also, and I say this to you often, you have the look of a YouTuber. In okay, a sense. let's not make people vomit. Because you're very pretty. Cereal. Not you because have I'm not. The bright pink hair. I don't mean let's not make people you're vomit. You're chubby because... and delicious. <laughs> Your makeup is exquisite when you choose to wear it. Your face is extremely pretty when you choose not to wear it. I 
So yeah. you've got all the attributes that make a successful and and you're not afraid to show some cleavage. What is wrong with so you? So that's how you get a one million view video. That is how you get a one million video. The title's like I went to my dog's funeral and then the thumbnail <laughs> is just like you busting out of this top <laughs> making like a shocked face on, yeah. on the thumbnail. That's how you get those clicks. Yeah. Thank you for saying all that. Sweet. When I said I don't want people to vomit into the cereal, I didn't mean because... Ew. Yeah. I just gross. thought about a mixture of cornflakes, milk, and... What is wrong with you? Why did you the think The contents of, of someone's stomach. Oh, it's like Weetabix. The chunks. Oh, I'm going to vom. Please don't make the vomit noise. I meant because... I didn't mean because of the cute stuff you were saying about me, because I am amazing, but I meant... You know, when you get, like, overly lovey-dovey, that some people just have, like, an aversion to that. Like, people complimenting each other and, like... Well, get over yourself yeah, would be my response. Yeah. That, that, although, there are some... Didn't we make a podcast where it was, like, just about our love? It w- no. <laughs> You've, like, mythologized this one 20-minute segment though, right? of one podcast. No, didn't we have a whole podcast where no, it was, No, it was like... a topic on a podcast. About the test, right? And then it was basically like... No. I, I, it's, I think there was one before that where we ended up talking about our relationship. We've never done a podcast where it's listen to how perfect our, <laughs> our love is. Our union is to be envied and emulated the world across. Though, it is. But you don't have to shout it from the rooftops. Well, I want to. Well, then do it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. Skidoo. Skidoo. <laughs> Can I be a pony already? Come on. Yeah. But my, po- my point was going to be... I've now forgotten it. <laughs> How is that fine? Welcome to my world. How is that good? How is that copacetic? It's not. Questions for the eternal. <laughs> my paranormal tarot card reading podcast. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. What were we talking about? What were we talking about? Some shit. Probably. Friends. And it's... Something to do with the podcast And it's thing, forgiven laugh track. It's yeah. been given a... That's the least of its problems in some people's eyes. Or, oh, yeah. You always see Let's those... even talk about Those that. BuzzFeed articles where it's like <laughs> 10 ways in which Friends is not woke. Yeah. It's like, I get it, guys. Yeah. But you're not taking it from me. So. But you've got... Like I said, Either you've dick. got... Anything that was made before the present day... If you want to maintain your sanity and not get outraged over everything that you see, you have to just look at them as a cultural relic. Yeah. It has you it's a snapshot of the time. Like for some weird reason it was once okay for the punchline to be that's so gay when a guy showed any kind of even faint hint of effeminacy. It wasn't okay for gay people though. No, it was okay I, for No, I, it was never okay, yeah. but it was permitted i know i just wanted you to clarify yeah. that it wasn't actually okay but society accepted it that's yeah. what you really mean that's what i meant like yeah. when you see that type of joke on something like friends you don't have to get up in arms and be like i need to write my yeah. congressman about this <laughs> you kind of just have to be like isn't it good that we grew out of that as a culture as a society yeah. and that will yeah that will help you maintain your sanity a lot better than endlessly writing these aggrieved think pieces about how we need to eliminate all these past shows because they don't they don't meet all the woke the wokeness criteria. Yeah. 
So yeah. What have we been doing recently, Samantha? What have we been doing? We had... We watched The Staircase. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. That was a trip. We binged the shit out of that. It is a binge-worthy show. Yeah. I had heard about The Staircase, like, a couple of years ago. Um, And I think maybe it was, like, a what I had heard, there was, like, I knew the basics. A woman had died at the bottom of the stairs. And, um... Did you... So you knew it was... I knew that he was accused of it. And then I oh. knew that there was a documentary. You never told me that you knew the case I, before we started watching I this. I did, because I said to you there was a documentary that was on, like, Sundance TV or whatever, and there was no way for me to watch it. I couldn't find it online anywhere. So I gave up. And then when I heard about this new Netflix one, I and we saw that it said, like, three new episodes, I said to you, so it's probably just the old information yeah. with like updated episodes or whatever i went in not knowing anything yeah. i just heard it mentioned in the same breath as shows like the jinx yeah which is hbo's masterpiece which ev- everyone really and their mother was talking about for a, a month period at one point in time that don't want to spoil crazy. it but the ending is just i mean you can't you almost can't even say anything about it without spoiling it but it is just you couldn't have written a better ending for a true crime documentary. Yeah, it's pretty intense. The payoff is climactic, let yeah. me tell you. So, yeah, so we watched The Staircase. That was pretty good. But annoying, just like with... We're not obviously going to get into it completely, but, like, the annoying thing is when you obviously choose to watch, like, documentaries is that they never give you all the information. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag Build fucking, that wall. What? Hashtag make America... True again. True? Yeah. It's annoying because I feel like at the very end of the documentary, they drop a couple of bombs and it's like, why is no one talking about this, this whole documentary? And then you go and look at it online and you find out there's actually all this information that wasn't in the documentary. So that's kind of what pisses me off a little bit. It poses as this neutral, objective look at both sides of a murder trial. It's not, though. But then once you get to the end and you do some wider reading, you realise it is actually essentially advocacy documentarianism where they are trying to do their best to paint one party in this case the accused in as favorable light as possible in order to bolster what is quite a compelling narrative of him being unfairly convicted because if you actually give the full range of evidence arrayed against him you don't quite have that hook of oh my god can you believe that he was convicted of this Whereas if they give you just a very narrow, like a, a pinhole worth of these are the only things we want you to see that were presented as evidence, it lets you have that sense of injustice of, oh, I can't believe that they actually, a jury of his peers, yeah. believe this nonsense. Well, I found that like in the beginning of the documentary, it was kind of like we were seeing all sides. That's what it felt like. A little bit, yeah. And then towards the middle, it was like, this is just the one side. And then towards the end, you're like, this was actually less about his guilt and more about the court case and how people fucked up. That's what it was more. And then when then when but then when you go away from it and you look at things online, you realize they left loads of shit out 
you realize it was more slanted than you thought so yeah that's for sure there's it's not even like it's not even oversights of oh we didn't think to put that in there's some straight up misleading omissions because what's annoying is one of the things i know you think that the owl theory is ridiculous but more uh, and more why is it ridiculous because it's far-fetched to say it's, it's far-fetched is the world's greatest It's not impossible, though. Nothing is impossible. There were owl attacks in that area previous. <laughs> Must be so funny listening to this. I feel like, like you haven't even heard the full situation of why the, an owl could have done it. You just, as soon as I mention owl, you like laugh it off. No, that's not true. You haven't let me tell you the full... I don't need to hear sitch. the whole theory. It doesn't make any sense. She had clumps of her, her own hair in her hands. With feathers. <sighs> let's let's not. <laughs> yeah, because you don't even want to allow it into your brain. You don't want the truth, man. But it really man. could be true. But my point let's is... Let's not relitigate the owl theory, okay? My Again, point... Especially because the listener doesn't even know what the show is about. My point is... I understand why his lawyer didn't introduce the owl theory into the court. But the documentary had no reason not to at least briefly mention it. Which they didn't. They also okay. leave out key things that might make him seem guilty. So if that doesn't t- tell you that they were slanted towards him, then, you know. They're clearly in the pockets of Big Owl. No. You laugh all you want, but okay. I am more and more I, leaning I, towards the fact that I an will. owl did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so solemnly. Because so I believe. Seriously. Okay, well, you want to believe. I want to believe. Hashtag X-Files. Well, he either did it or an owl did it. I don't think it was an accident. <laughs> I love that you're saying this so, just frankly, you know what, honestly, you. heartfelt. <laughs> you're so earnest in your hatred for, for avian creatures yeah. of that owl variety. Well. Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> so what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so we did that, and we then watched, shall I tell my? Because this is a, I feel like, funny story to the listeners. Yeah. Maybe they can have a glimpse into the strange run-ins we have oh, in yeah. our local community. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the shop. <laughs> Why is that making you laugh already? Because it's so like. Who cares that you went... Like, do you know That's I mean? the whole crux of the story. No, I know, but, like, <laughs> starting it makes it sound so... Like, it's going to be so boring. It is. I mean, it is boring, but it's... Well... Bizarre enough to maybe bizarre, be... Yeah. Podcast-worthy. I went to just the little supermarket that's around the corner from us. And as often happens when I go by myself, you ask me... Like, you can't decide yeah. what you want to Sometimes have. Sometimes I don't know what I want. And I can't always remember, like, what they have. Like, I don't remember every single item that they have. So sometimes I say, like, take a picture of this section and so I can see and I'll pick what I want. So in this particular case, it was the chocolate aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense, actually, because it that's the food group that has the most variety of options yeah yeah it is there's not like 400 different types of bread no but there is 400 different types of chocolate exactly bar. and i don't know what i want so thinking nothing of it because i've done this in this particular store and also just in whenever we whenever i go to supermarkets on your behalf i took a picture of the shelves in the aisle 
not like with a camera either. Like <laughs> I didn't have a DSLR, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. No, I know, but I could almost see why he might be saying them. You're, if hey, you hey, have like you're, you're jumping oh, forward, you're confusing ahead, the the listener. They need it in a strict chronological timeline, or they won't understand. <laughs> so yeah, now we've established I didn't set up like a lighting rig <laughs> and a green screen. I, I guess we can proceed. So I quickly snap some cell phone photos and then I send them to you. And with, within a second, I mean, he appeared He appeared from nowhere. Like, it wasn't like he was just lingering about and he, he, he stepped over to me. This security guard strides over to me and he says, you can't take photos of that. You can't take photos of that. And I, I'm just so taken aback like you'd almost think it was a joke that some like a weird joke someone was trying to make that didn't hit, and I say okay. I want to say before you continue with your story, how if you live in like a city, a big city, you might have encountered the no photos thing in certain places, but not in supermarkets. Yeah. It's in like boutiques yeah. and like specialized stores. Where they don't want the pictures of the products online. Not even just the pro- Sometimes they have fancy arrangements yeah. that they don't... I don't even understand that. I don't understand honest. it either, but... I guess it's kind of like you have to come into our boutique to see our yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. arrangement of the makeup or whatever it is. So he comes over to me and says that. And I was so like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that was what was going through my mind. <laughs> Because he said it's so deadpan and so, like, a command. Yeah. You can't be taking photos of that. And I just said to him, okay. And then he said, why are you taking photos of that? And I said, it doesn't matter why I'm taking photos of that. And then he said, you're going to have to delete those. You're going to have to delete those. After I'd taken two photos of the chocolate aisle. I mean, this is, it's just, it was a surreal moment for me. So what did you do then? Then yeah, he just he just said you you can't. Um, you have to delete them. You have to delete the photos, and I said I'm not going to be doing that. And he he was very mumbly. He it was difficult to make out some of the things that he was saying. But at some point, he said something about barring me from the store. Like, and I I want to emphasize, I was speaking to him completely civilly with a normal tone. I wasn't getting you know aggressive or confrontational even though this guy was giving me those vibes from his side and then eventually he was like i'm gonna have to go and get the manager and then he disappears into the back i'm like did that really just happen or did i just have a stroke and just (laughs) open eye hallucinate that so i i'm like what is going to happen with this this is going to be so weird if he does actually bring a manager out and they scold me for taking pictures of the cadbury bars (laughs) And I, I, so I'm like, okay, I, I finished doing my shopping. Like, I'm not trying to rush. I'm just unhurriedly yeah, finishing. It's like 10 minutes later. No, I actually spent like another 15 like minutes in the store, picking up the rest of the things on the shopping list. Yeah. Still waiting for this guy to reappear. He had, dis- he had just disappeared into the back. My, my theory at this point, because I didn't see him again, um, or I may have seen him like, walking at the end of an aisle at one point going back into the the back area is that I, I want to believe to renew my my faith in humanity that he either realized how stupid what he just did was 
or he went and told a manager, you're not going to believe this. A guy was taking pictures of the aisle and the manager was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Steve? Get the fuck back out there. Like, that's what I want to believe. I want to believe he realized his foolishness and the error of his ways. That's what I said to you. Either he didn't really go and and say anything or the manager was like, fuck off. Yeah, like, like, what are you talking about? You're being stupid. Obviously, it's not 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 allowed do you need urgent medical help (laughs) have you got like a brain hemorrhage what's going on you haven't have you got a fever right now is this some kind of fever dream so yeah i didn't see he went and hid in the back for the next 20 minutes i didn't see him and then so i'm like i finished my shopping i go to the checkout still kind of weirded out and your cousin works at our local supermarket my cousin now works at the supermarket near our house so while this whole thing was going on she was at the checkout yeah and so she seemed to have some sense of of what had happened and then her and i were just joking like laughing about Mm. how weird it was that this guy had just done this didn't she tell you as well that or was it did she tell me i can't remember if she told you because i don't know if he did it well yeah at some point while you were still in the store getting the stuff he went up to her and said is that man still here right and she was like yeah she was like confused as <laughs> yeah, to what was going under- on understandably and so her and i were just laughing and joking about how weird this guy's behavior was and i i was joking to her like now i won't be able to sell these valuable <laughs> photos of where you put the m&ms on the shelf like that location is very important. I could have sold that to your competitors. <laughs> now I'm not going to make all of that illicit cash. Um, so yeah, I, I basically made a mortal enemy of but this random security guard somehow. Don't really understand what the fuck happened. Just to illustrate that like nothing could happened. He was back by the door guarding when you left, right? No, he he was he didn't come out of the back. F- for the next 20 minutes and then I left and he still wasn't out. Ah. So, yeah. That's weird. And then I think maybe like a week and a half later, because we don't go to that the little one near us that often, I came in and he was like standing there. And as soon as I saw him as I was walking past, and we we're only like a couple of feet apart, and he was standing like right by the door, so I guess he can look at everyone as they come in. I saw his face, and it just reminded me of how weird that scene was, and I just instinctually laughed out loud. Like it was just, what a weird, what a weird what situation. A weird I feel situation. like the weirdest things happened to me, and I don't even go out that often. Yeah, but I somehow I'm like a magnet for these strange, surreal situations. It is. It's weird as well how people... I mean, I feel like a little background on that particular situation helps understand maybe why he was so aggressive <laughs> I, at the slightest thing. Are you going to give his backstory? When he was a kid, <laughs> he managed a small local grocery store. And then one day, some kind of rapscallion came in, photographed the whole store stole his valuable stocking arrangements and then replicated it down the street. <laughs> they opened like a mirror image of it and then all of his customers flocked to that, that doppelganger store. If only that was the reason. That'd be If it was a movie, that would be his that backstory. Would be the backstory. That would be his origin story, as they say in the trade. Basically, because my cousin works there now, 
she's always telling me that there's always something happening in there. Like there's always someone, like there's lots of people who steal in that particular store for some reason. And um, there's always like, um, what word am I trying to think of? There's always like drama, drama of some kind. And so maybe he, maybe something had previously happened already that day and he was kind of like trying to be on the case a little bit too much. Doesn't excuse him being so outwardly aggressive for no reason. <laughs> but I get, like, because yeah. when you came home, I was like, because you just looked like, you you weren't like being weird in any way. You I wasn't weren't like doing anything suspicious. I didn't have a balaclava on. <laughs> I wasn't taking photos to case the joint. So you weren't taking photos of the till. Yeah. So like me <laughs> and my team could break in and like yeah. rob them of all their confectionery. You. <laughs> it wasn't like long con. We weren't planning a heist. Yeah, I don't know. Don't worry, dude. Your Snickers are safe. It's just so weird when people. They're just. Over eager. Yeah. Well, it's also that age old stereotype about people in position, like minor, minor positions of power and authority, yeah. like security guards. They do get that power drip and they do want to impose themselves on people because it makes them, it gives them like a little yeah. thrill of like, I get to tell you to do this. He definitely seemed like he was on some kind of power trip from what you said. It's just, like, there's a pettiness to it that really tells the tale. Even if he thought you were doing something weird, when he actually came over to speak to you and you were just like, clearly not, like you weren't aggressive back. No, I, I you were just spoke totally to him normal. totally normally because I didn't. I want. I didn't want this to escalate yeah. into some weird argument, and I was so confused that I couldn't help but try and tease out what the fuck he was trying yeah. to say. So I feel like even then that get that should have given him a chance to back off, but he was just like doubling down. Yeah, he really was. So yeah, I don't know what that guy's problem was. Because on the one hand, I didn't want to try and fire back and like meet his weird confrontationalism because it is technically private property and they can decide that you can and can't do whatever but i've taken photos in this store millions of times before for you so you can see what's on the shelves and i've never ever heard that the store policy in a supermarket is you can't yeah, take pictures of the it's shelves like a national chain as well so like everyone who takes a selfie you're going to tackle and tase yeah, and I've totally taken selfies in the supermarket, not sure. going to lie. As you do. Like, if I'm like... Hashtag me with the avocados. <laughs> Gotta get that roughage. I, I don't, you don't want to know the, the meaning of that term. I know the meaning of that term, but I just... Who doesn't need a lot of fibre in their diet? I don't like avocados. I don't think I've ever had one. Do you like guacamole? I don't think I've ever had it. That's made out of avocado, I think. I don't like it. <laughs> now we've gotten that straight. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, so it was just weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an odd situation all around. <laughs> just a weird, funny story. I didn't like it. I feel like as well we were really tired. It was at the end of the day, do you remember? Yeah. And it was like, oh, I need to go and get some stuff. So we'll do I might as well do it before we go to sleep. And I remember you coming home, and even though it wasn't like a big deal in that, like nothing happened to you. Right. Like, I th I remember thinking, like, because I was so fried from being awake so long. Yeah. I I'm like I don't want you to like go there. Like I was like I don't want you to go there on your own again because like I'm worried that like he's gonna say something, and that's like 
a normal kind of <laughs> right. it makes me think of like my response to things yeah. i am extremes i will either not say anything or i go like hard yeah like it's like when someone um you go hard in the paint as they say <laughs> go hard in the what in the paint in the paint in the paint that's what i'm saying in the paint yeah what does that mean you're not pronouncing the t at the end of the word it sounds like you're saying go hard in the pain which go hard in the paint yeah it's a basketball term Oh, what does it mean? I don't, I don't care what it means. You're the worst. Um, this is not how me and Drake do it <laughs> when we drop our freestyles. We just make those NBA references and we're gone. We make off like a bandit with your SoundCloud sure. listens. I don't think Drake's on SoundCloud. I ghostwrite all of Drake's diss tracks, if I'm being completely honest. That's sure. how I got my start in this biz. Sure. Where's the money? I'm like, push a T. Nah. More like... Push a T? You suck. You are not good with the... That is who he's feuding with. Oh, it is? Oh, wow. So maybe I'm not good. God, you think you're down with the kids and then you say some silly stuff. Yeah. Proving yourself to be an old fogey who doesn't know what the cool cool music beefs are. You fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I go extreme sometimes. You, You get overly... No, what I mean is... Sometimes you can tell whether a person is down to help you or they want to just be a cunt. Like, you know, like whether you're getting food or you're buying something or you're on the phone to like customer service. Sometimes they're just being a cunt for no reason. And you can tell that usually from the very beginning. And so that lets me know whether I need to go hard or I need (laughs) to just let it go. Because sometimes it's like a person is out of their control. You know, they didn't cook the food or they can't tell me about what's messed up with the electric bill or whatever it is that I'm calling for. But sometimes they can. Like, Like this guy, it was just him. He was being a dick. There were no actual rules. He was just being a dick. So sometimes you can tell. And it's like when you call up a place and you're trying to get, like, the information. I'm like, I know you know the information, but you're being a twat. Like, you're not giving me the information for whatever reason. Or I know for a fact you're giving me the wrong information because I've been through this before. And it's like, I know it's your job and you're telling me that you know how to do your job, but I know you're not doing your job right. And so that's when I go like hard. And sometimes I'm on the phone to places and you're like, you do that thing that like... I do the like, take it down a few notches. And I'm like, no, because this person is not giving me what I need. Go from DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 4. Yeah. Just have the launch code for the nukes ready, but don't have your finger hovering over the button. I know that... Like, I want to just re-stress what I just said. I'm obviously not one of those people who goes off on, like, people. I don't, I don't no. go off on people for you no reason. are the what opposite I, of a I, short fuse. Yeah, what I mean is, like, if they're doing something wrong and it is in their control, then I'm, like, I'm paying for a service. You have to give me my service kind of thing. It's like you said, sometimes someone is just consciously, clearly being a dick yeah. to be a dick. Like... Maybe this is like some weird, obscure rule in this supermarket chain, but that this no one is like gonna write this guy up for not enforcing it as enthusiastically yeah. as possible. It's really his prerogative to decide whether or not he's gonna be addicted to someone using this yeah. rule. And it was clear when he came up to me that that was the mode he was in. And I do agree with you that when usually when people 
bring that to you i am the same way where i also want to fire back to be like yeah. no it's not okay to be a dick but in this particular situation because it is our local supermarket and we do go there often i don't want to blow up on the guy and cause a huge scene and chew him yeah. out even though i could we don't want and to I be banned justified. from there but we go in and there's like a wanted poster with my face on it (laughs) they do put pictures of you up in the the photo bandit i think when you are banned from a store they do put your photo in like the back room or whatever that's a badge of honor getting banned from a supermarket or is it stupid (laughs) i want to be banned from their local fucking whatever sure so what else did we do we rewatched cloverfield (laughs) <laughs> which is always worth a mention. I'd only ever seen it once before, I think. We found... I wanted to rewatch it because there's now a 4K Blu-ray out. Yeah. And, you know, I want that extra resolution, yeah. baby. Baby. That's what I say to all my dates. <laughs> if you're not rolling with 4K, I ain't down with you. That's what I say. Sure. And then they get moist. They get damp. The damp's better. You can wring their panties out into a bucket. I'm not one of those... (laughs) I like how that caught you mid-sentence. I'm not one of those people who who has an aversion to the word moist, but I do prefer the word damp. Sure. You said that with such emphasis. Damp. Yo, dog, I'm damp. I'm MC damp. No. Well, yeah. Don't ever say that again. I have street cred... Coming out of my nose hairs. Coming out of my nose hair, like exuding from the follicles. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's how I like it. I could. I feel like I've talked about how follicles. (laughs) (laughs) Damp follicles would be a good name for a hair salon. You know how they always kind of have weird punny names. Punny names, like I can't think of any. That's fair. Damp follicles. I don't know. I'm losing my shit, Kitty. Okay, so, Cloverfield. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before how Cloverfield is one of my favourite movies. But any opportunity to gush about it once more, I will take. I will seize with an eagerness and a, and a lust <laughs> that you would not believe. You want to make Clovey your bitch. I want to make Clovey my monster wife. Yeah. Have like a little miniature Clovey. Really they well. do make a kind of action figure version of it they do but i actually don't like it's to google that shit i'm not actually like a huge fan of the design of the monster like it's fine and it's functional and i don't like have any problem with it but it's not something that's one of my favorite parts of the movie it's just kind of how they made it look and it's it works I feel like that type of thing I'm never going to be satisfied with because yeah. it's like when there's like any kind of supernatural thing in a film, like when you watch like a horror movie and it's like some kind of entity or some kind of like monster of some kind, the reveal of what it looks like is never as good as what your mind wants it to be. And so I'm kind of easily forgiving of that type of thing because it's hard to create something yeah. new and to create something that is gonna like live up to what it's supposed to be it is yeah it's hard to nail it because you don't know what people are expecting and you don't know how to kind of surprise them in a cool and memorable way and especially when you you're always if you're making this type of movie in particular people have already blazed that trail and now 
creatures like Godzilla uh-huh. have already become so iconic and so beloved that it's like, are you really going to try and add another one to that pantheon? It's just not probably not going to yeah. happen. Although I, I do like that in Cloverfield, they try to make the monster look as realistic is obviously a weird word, but they try to make it look like it could actually be some kind of strange gangly un- underwater sea, sea creature, creature like thing. on the seabed. Yeah. Rather than just like a fucking... Yeah, because Godzilla doesn't look like any real animal. Like it's sort of lizard-like. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's sort of But not of like really. A- When you really look at it in its totality. Mm. Anyway. So, yeah. It's a little bit like a dinosaur. It is, yeah. It depends on which iteration you look at. Like a lizardy dinosaur. (laughs) And obviously the other one with the giant monsters is like King Kong. Yeah. King Kong's obviously a classic. Yeah. There's also the Kraken, which is just Uh, undeniably cool. Who does... (laughs) <laughs> who doesn't want to be on a ship that's being pulled down to the me the depths me i don't want to be in any kraken. kind of deep water sure in life yes metaphorical deep water no real deep water i want the easy path no i need the water to be gone <laughs> <laughs> on the planet earth you want us to become as arid as possible it's so scary yeah that's true drowning is as we've talked about before yeah one of the most yeah. Let's not get into. We went into deep, unpleasant deep. types of death you can possibly yeah. imagine. Okay, so unless you were being drowned in a coffin, so you were being like buried alive, but also drowned. What is wrong at with the same you? Time. Why have you put that into my head? That's a hybrid that horror movie fans are waiting to see. I let don't me appreciate tell you. This at all. Anyway, the first two thirds of Cloverfield are truly immaculate. I love it so much. It's one of those things, like, when you have your favourite video games and your favourite movies and your favourite books, I love that you can just think about it and replay a little bit of it in your head and it makes you happy. Like, it gives you that thrill of, I love that so much. What a nice, like, cute thing to say. I can be earnest in my love for things i I feel like when you're extreme about things like this it's really nice because i feel like it's so easy for people to just drop the oh my god it's so amazing i love it so much but you don't say that about things unless it's really true that's true and and so that makes it mean more. it's rare well yeah of course but it's rarer so when you are extreme about something I rec- I see it and I like note it and I recognize it and it's nice to see. <laughs> I appreciate that. Continue. So yeah, I just love the opening to that film. The 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 slow build up of the party scene where it presents to you all, all these different relationships and dynamics that are going to be at play throughout the rest of the film. And I I was saying to you as we as we rewatched that first part i could have watched a whole film of just that party scene and like the different ways that these people are kind of their relationships are coming apart and like there's this tension and there's this strife and like they're trying to work it out but then that man it's making me just tingly recalling it the scene where they hear the explosion obviously there's going to be cloverfield spoilers from here on out and if you haven't seen it 
stop right now, download an illegal version of it, because you can't be paying the artists any money. You can't be slipping them some pennies for their toil, their craft. I want you to go straight to You've the Pirate Bay. And I want you to get the lowest quality, <laughs> crappiest visual you version like of it you can. Version of it. I want a 240p version oh God. playing on your 64-inch TV. Yeah, the, the scene where the explosions happen in the distance and they, they can just feel like the quake and they all run up to the roof. And then the scene when they, they, they all file down onto the streets and the Statue of Liberty head comes like plummeting like down, hits a building and then like ricochets down the street towards them. And then once the dust settles, the camera guy zooms in on the eye of this decapitated statue head. And I was saying to you, they do it in such a, a clever, artful way where it kind of looks like that weird, glassy, peaceful stare that dead bodies actually do have even though this is just like a lifeless statue to begin with. Statues are terrifying. That's true. To me, they're not as lifeless as they are to like people. <laughs> they come alive in your imagination. I don't know. They're just really terrifying. And so to see like a big fucking huge statue, statue, statue head <laughs> in the middle of the street. I see you. I see. Oh, that really does push you. <laughs> Sorry. I see you dropping shit. Dropping bombs. I do enjoy when a director or, you know, a, a group of people who collaborate often do have a little reference that they put into all of their work. Yeah. And with J.J. Abrams, it is the Slusho milkshake logo. You see that hidden in, well, not hidden in plain sight in various of his films. But yeah, just the whole, I enjoyed that film so, oh man. And that, that that's that very scene where they're, they've all just filed out onto the street and then the huge dust storm goes past from a building collapsing and then they all come, they, they all kind of regroup and the character Marlena, she was left out on the street so she got to see all the horrors firsthand and then they're all, they're getting up to go and they try to get her back onto her feet and say, we're getting out of here and she says, no, no. They were eating people. They they were eating everyone. I turned to you. I'm getting chills thinking about I it right now. I almost cried when you did that. The way you are just like <laughs> channeling that chick. The way that this actress delivers the line, it was so real. There was something so understated but powerful about it because it was so genuine. Like yeah, she wasn't like screaming. They're yeah. eating everyone. She was like, he ate people like he's picking people up and eating them yeah like, like she's in shock and she almost can't even form the yeah. words she's just trying the and the way it's kind of a almost like a protest of them getting up and going like no you don't you don't understand like we we, we can't no no the people were being eaten it's oh, Get so this good Oscar. it's That's so good saying. it was a woman you Oh, get me an Oscar yeah. for me <laughs> quoting the scene. She said that to me so like, hey, hey, it was a woman. Don't misgender her. <laughs> Face. <laughs> well, it's true. You're so cute. But yeah, 
I'm not going to gush about every individual scene, although believe me, I could because I love that film so much. We watched that and then like 20 minutes later, you were like, I just want to rewatch this scene. And I look, I forget about it, but I look up and I realize an hour has gone by and you've watched nearly the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) again. Yeah. Well, I was on my phone because I wanted to look up some of the... I don't I, at the time when I watched this film originally at the cinema and it and I knew at the time it was one of one of my favorite films and I loved it. I I had researched all this stuff and I'd gone down the rabbit hole of the backstory and the ARG and all this kind of law that they established outside of the the film. But because it's been so many years since I've seen it last and I've read that stuff, I wanted to just go on my phone and and brush up on it. And I put the film on kind of in the background but then i started watching it again <laughs> that's it. and that is a special thing for me because i yeah, do not like rewatch re-watch stuff things, yeah. i even with films i love like this one i have to leave it at least a, a year or two between you re-watches. It 20 minutes later yeah. <laughs> so that's really saying something i try not to do that with twilight because for instance if so you know like on your explore page on instagram because some of the people I follow, like, post things about, like, Twilight. Sometimes there's, like, Twilight stuff in my explore page. And often it's just clips from the movie. And normally, if that was any of the movie, I would click on those clips and, like, relive it. But I don't want to do that with Twilight because I feel like if I do that, we when I do come to rewatch it, it's not as good. Not that it's not as good, but you get desensitised to all the... Yeah. the the big moments or whatever and i don't want to get i don't want it to ever be like this doesn't mean anything to me anymore because i've rewatched it so many times i'm trying to keep it down to like with friends just rewatching it once a year i can't go longer than that without rewatching it so i try to just do it once a year especially with dramatic movies or pieces of art when you do dissect it and you go on to youtube and just watch that one scene over and over again it loses its impact that's what i'm saying you're supposed to see it in context in the sequence of this narrative so if you pull it all apart and just occasionally look at these different disparate pieces Mm. i think you're doing yourself it's okay to do it once in a while but for those real special films like i wouldn't just go and randomly watch two minutes of cloverfield yeah well first of all the film's only an hour and 20 minutes long yeah i was surprised which blew my mind because i never realized that i had seen it once before had i watched it with you before i think we watched it in london yeah oh yeah and that was like the only time i'd ever seen it and I didn't really remember all of it. And watching it this time, I was very surprised that it was that it was quite short. It's amazing what they managed to do in the space yeah, of Yeah, because it minutes. didn't feel like a rushed. really short movie. No. And it didn't feel rushed. It's a real masterpiece <clears throat> in how you can still have a very well-paced, very expansive film. But you can do it in a relatively short runtime that's imp- that's that's I, i'm always amazed in an equivalent way when you read a short story and it doesn't feel like you didn't get enough it mm. feels like a perfectly sized version of this glimpse into a world that the author's trying to give you yeah. there's when you know really know when you have that 
mastery over your particular art form and you can make whatever it is, however big it is, whether it's a two and a half hour film or an 80 minute film or a 600 page novel compared to a 20 page short story, you know exactly what each thing requires and how to make each thing shine. That I, I have an awe of that because it shows a versatility in your ability to create. Yeah. But anyway, that would speaking i do agree with everything you said <laughs> but at the same time i really like if that was one of my favorite things i'd be so bummed that it's only an hour and oh i am minutes. don't get me wrong because yeah i'm always craving more even if it was two and a half hours long i would want more i've never understood and i've probably said this before on the podcast so i apologize because it is something that really bugs me, so that's why I probably said it. When people are, like, fans of things, and then, say, for instance, if you're a fan of a book and then they make it into a movie, and the movie's two, out, two to two and a half hours long, and they're like, it's too long. <laughs> the movie was too long. And I'm like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want a hundred hours of of your thing. If it's your favourite thing. Yeah. Even if maybe they're not doing it the way that you want them to do it, surely you would still want those characters for as long as possible. And two hours for a movie nowadays is normal. Right. I remember when it was like, oh, but it's two hours, so we have to cut some down. They try to get it, but like one forty-five or one thirty. But like now it's normal for films to consistently be two hours long. So whenever you get a movie that's less, I'm like, why didn't they just... I know that they sometimes agonise still when it's, like, going to reach two and a half hours because I feel like only big spectacles or, like... Um, it is seen as a big deal when a film is extra, extra long. Really arty movies. Those are, like, usually quite long. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of weird to me. So it would kind of bum me out if... Yeah, basically I'm saying that. So it's not longer. <laughs> or that you didn't get, like, a sequel... Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> I'm such a sucker. I realize, I mean, I've known this for a long time, but anything with New York City in, yeah. that's like an automatic two-point bump in how Me much too. I'm going to like it. And Just two points? On a 10-point scale, that's pretty significant. That would take uh, an eight to a 10, if you think about it. Yeah, I guess. How I'd dare you it, critique I my, would give it more. My off-the-cuff estimations. I sometimes own watch things purely because they're set in London. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah. So this film, Cloverfield, being set in New York City, although I found out when I watched the special features, alas, that they filmed it in, like, Los Angeles. There, there are, I think there are some actual New York City streets that they, they film stuff in, but a lot of it was on a back lot. But even still, even in the, the fictional guys, yeah. I just love, especially New York City at night yeah. with all the skyscrapers lit up with the little dots of light from the, the rows of windows. It's just does something to me. It gets me right in my little uh-huh. my little boy heart. I feel like that about New York, but I think I feel like that about London more. Um, but there is definitely two are the, the big ones yeah. for me. I just love seeing, I just love the feel of it as well. It's almost like the smell of something, you know? Right. It's like, 
this has like the London feel or the New York feel. Kind of like how you were saying early Friends has the New York right, vibe. Because yeah. it's not like you see New York and then obviously not yeah. shooting it in New York. But it has a vibe. And even when they just have those like shots between scenes, shots, yeah. it's like it's New York. So It you, puts you in mind of this is yeah. in this place and time. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing I think... Maybe why Cloverfield can never really be my my most favorite film, like top of the heap, is so say my my actual favorite film, The Matrix. Mm. I love every single minute of that film. There's nothing I would change about it. I think it's perfect throughout. It's just exquisite. It's exactly what I would have done if I'd made that film, and that's why it has that special place in my heart. And it's frankly never going to be toppled from that top spot there's nothing that's gonna depose it but cloverfield there is one blotch on it again spoilers this but this is like real real spoilers so you know listen at your own peril at the end of the film when they're in central park and their helicopter gets knocked out of the sky there's a scene where Hood, played by T.J. Miller, and I said to you, which is weird, T.J. Miller is actually really good in this film. Like, even in the dramatic parts, because now you see him in something like Silicon Valley, and he's so over-the-top comedic. He has such a specific T.J. Millerism to him. Whereas in this film, he's very... He, he, he's like a different person. He is sometimes understated. Oh, like that scene on the bridge... That was another scene that really oh, gave yeah. me chills where they're all trying to, all the people fleeing New York are coursing across this bridge in just one huge mass of people. And Hood and the the other protagonist, Rob, they're walking together and they're, Hood is saying stuff to Rob, but Rob's not really paying attention because he's looking at where the other group members are. And Hood says, I've I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically says, I've got this all on film. I got, I got it all on film. People are going to want to see this. And then Rob said, he's not really paying much attention or, or taking it on board. He just kind of says, well, you can just tell them what happened, Hood. And then Hood says, no, that wouldn't work. They have to see this. <laughs> and he says it in such a plain stated way that makes it sound so just impactful and profound. It's such a simple thing to say, but it's so true. This is the type of thing you would have to see with your own eyes to really understand. It's like when you see the footage of some crazy catastrophe or, or some explosion somewhere, or just some some crazy event that you have no frame of reference for. You can read a newspaper article about it, but if you don't have access to it in a visual way, you're not going to be able to really grasp what it was like. Yeah. Anyway. No, go on. I'm enjoying hearing you talk about Clovey. That's nice of you to say. It's sometimes good to just gush about something yeah. you love. I am like that. Any fucking excuse, as you know, because I mentioned Twilight in every single podcast. <laughs> I don't mention Twilight this many times in life. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have you know. Yeah, I'll have you know. But any choi- chance, 
chance to <laughs> did you just like were you possessed by a spirit for a brief second any chance where you get to like talk about your favorite things or something you're really passionate about it just i have so much to say on certain things and so it's not it's really nice to see someone enjoying the thing that they're talking about and that's how like i was talking about when you it's like how I was talking about your extremes earlier on. So it's really nice to see you like gushing about it. Yeah. There is nowadays kind of this hipsterish cynicism where you never praise something. Like anything that's big and everyone else is saying is great and like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's almost a knee joke reaction now to say, oh, it's not that good. I can't believe people love that. Like yeah. to never really be earnest in your affection for the properties that you love <laughs> i know what you mean but fuck those people i hate that shit it's yeah. like i love it so i'm gonna fucking i'm just gonna love it yeah and i get obsessed about the things i love i was saying to steph the other day how like i've had many obsessions in my life like whether it's i'm obsessed with this show or i'm obsessed with this band or i'm obsessed with you know what i mean and because I really like fandom as well. Like, that's really cool. But I was saying to her how, how her, I have never quite been obsessed with anything the way I was obsessed with Twilight. I've been so obsessed with things that I go to conventions and stuff. But Twilight was like something else. I don't know. And I'm still obsessed with it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fun to be, like, into shit, you know? Yeah, that that's my point. I, I feel... Some people almost see it as kind of a, it, it's like childish and uncool to be so earnest and unabashed about your fandom. You, it's supposed to be this kind of, yeah, it's fine. Like, I like it, I guess, but it's yeah. not really a big deal. Like, you always have to kind of play it off and never, you're too cool for school in every moment. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not down for that. Anyway. Not, are you talking about Clovey still? So, as I was saying, the one scene that I really could do without in this film. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, you so yeah. derailed on that point. <laughs> we have a, a, a snaking, circuitous path back Jesus. to our original point. It doesn't spoil the film in any way. And I, I, although I think maybe I have kind of a blind affection for every aspect of this film that doesn't let me see how, like, it, it, I, it is a flaw. And I and I don't love it. The scene at the end where <laughs> Hood, who is the cameraman in the film, he looks up with the camera and Clovey, as the fans have affectionately named him. him. Yeah, is who just, says it's a him? Yeah, that's true. Don't yeah. assume until you see giant phallus. No, you can never know. No, you're not. Saying can that. you imagine how big it would be? No. I know that you're size queen. <laughs> Just because you see a phallus, kitty, doesn't mean... You can assume can... the gender. Yeah. Well, I don't think Clovey's going to be trans. <laughs> I mean, just at a guess, because it's a sea creature. Has a very simplistic life. Doesn't have complex theoretical notions of its place in society. 
You're just looking at me with a blank stare. You don't know. (laughs) So anyway, Hood stops and looks up and Clovey is just looming over him, looking (laughs) down at him. Clovey. And for a a hot second, it just stares at him and then roars and, and bites him in half. And for this skyscraper sized monster to seriously stop what it's doing and look down at this one dork with a video camera that's standing on this grass it it makes absolutely no sense why why would it take any notice of something this small b why would it then have to give this impressive roar to frighten it it just makes no sense and then when i was watching the special features the making of little documentaries. I saw that they didn't plan originally to have that in the film at all. But when they were filming that scene, J.J. Abrams, and I've got to say, I, I, I once was, a, was really kind of J.J. Abrams can do no wrong. But when I found out that he did this, and then also when I found out there's a book that I really enjoyed, which is just called S. I think it's S period. Um, which is this really great kind of cryptic. It's a it's a, a novel by itself, but then there's all this marginalia where these two people are writing to each other and kind of having a conversation with with these little scribbles at the edge of the pages, and then that becomes its own kind of meta-narrative. And his name is on that book, but then I later found out that the other name that's on the book is really the guy who wrote the whole thing. J.J. Abrams just kind of contributed the idea and, like, helped it with, you know, get a marketing push so people actually pay attention Whoa, to it. I hate that when it's like, um, there's a few movies where it's like, Quentin Tarantino presents, oh, and yeah. it's actually got nothing to do with him, or like, Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro presents yeah. or whatever. And it, wait, del Toro? Yeah, no. Yeah. Wait, there's two Guillermos. There is. What's the actor? I think that's... Guillermo del Toro. I don't know. Now you've got me confused. Guillermo. Who's the guy who did Shape Out of Water? Shape of Water. Shape Out of Water? <laughs> oh my God, look at that thing jumping out of the sea. It's a Shape Out of Water. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo del Toro yeah that's the director but what's the actor I don't remember he's del Toro as well but something del Toro I feel like if they were both called the same thing we would have heard a joke about this at some point I'm gonna google it some hacky comedian would have been like can you believe these guys are called the same thing that's so weird what are you talking about one guy's in one guy made Pan's Labyrinth and one guy's in Sicaro or Sicaro Sicker, yeah. Who even knows how to say that? I don't know how to say the movie name. Guillermo del Toro is the director. Hey, I've got a strict no googling rule, and you are in violation of that right now, Missy. Wait, Sicario or whatever it's called is the actor, right? Yeah, Sicario, Sicario. I've got no idea how you say it. Sicario, Benicio del Toro. Fuck! How do we get our del Toros mixed up? Oh yeah, that's a cardinal sin. I know, but I'm annoyed. Okay. Well, because Benicio is such a such a Benicio, yeah. unusual name. I like that name, Benicio. Yeah, it's got a nice Do ring to it. Do people call him Ben? I hope not. That's like what we were talking about the other day. I was kind of disappointed that people call Benedict Cumberbatch Ben. 
Yeah. It's like, his name is Benedict, and you've shortened it to something so generic. It's like when people call me Sam, but they don't have permission. (laughs) You were talking to Steph the other day, and she was saying there's all these different names that people call her, but only some, only the elite friend group get to call her the real obscure pet names. Yeah. Well, no, what annoys me is is if I say my name is Sam and then someone calls me Sam, that's fine. But if I say, if someone says, what's your name? And I say, my name is Samantha. And then they call me Sam and they don't know me. It's a little bit weird. Yeah, that's true. It's almost overly familiar. Yeah. It's the same as someone being like, my name's Daniel or my name's David. And then you just automatically call them Dave. Or Davey. That's not my name, Dickhead. That's a friendly nickname that you have to earn the use of. What were we... How did we get here? We're talking about... J.J. Abrams' not not real involvement. I I was kind of disappointed about that with with the book thing, where he's kind of just slapping his name on it. Yeah, I thought it was his book. From what I read, I mean, I may be mistaken, but from what I read, it was just this other guy wrote this and then J.J. Bombs kind of like contributed the overarching idea. But Oh, that's quite a lot of involvement if you give the whole idea away. No, not the whole. He's not like... I mean, he didn't write it. He's not making a a, a whole plan for beat for beat every chapter. I think it was just kind of a top level. Wouldn't it be cool? Like he said, there's a story in the margins. Yeah, there is a story within a story. Anyway. It's not really... So that was one thing that disappointed me about J.J. Abrams. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you laugh at that? I don't know, it's just funny. And the other thing that kind of disappointed me about it... That time he fucked up last. That's... Kind of How are you leaving out the biggest one? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you can really lay the blame solely he at his feet. He has some of the blame. And we're, yeah. we're talking about him. That's true. I mean, it really did go off the rails there in the last two seasons. No one wants this flash sideway garbage that you've given <laughs> us. And definitely no one wants how you ended it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't really remember. I just remember them all being there. But I don't really remember. Talk about phoning in some ridiculous it's like they think that this is what it was going to be yeah. and so we told them that it wasn't going to be so now we're going to do like pull a like switcheroo and like yeah. actually do it Some anyway let's not get caught smaltzy up in way to just tie everything together mm. and say oh it, you know it's great it's all okay now so what's the other reason why you don't like yeah them? because in this behind the scenes stuff when they were filming those last couple of scenes they had never planned to do that that one shot where it looks up towards the sky and then Clovey is glaring down about to bite this guy in half. But they were under budget on their special effects and so they had the luxury of if they wanted to doing, you know, just throwing some extra stuff in there. And so they took some footage of the sky with the camera pointing straight up so that they would have, if they wanted to, the ability to, you know, throw some extra stuff in there. And J.J. Abrams was the one who decided, like, on the spot, I'm going to I'm gonna add this extra scene where you get to see Clovey dead on and it, it kind of looks right into the camera and the audience really gets that that one-to-one moment with the monster that that's been... fucking guy. Because for me, if I, if I was going to make that film, my perfect dream iteration of it is you 
you you see almost nothing of the creature. Yeah. Like the shot early on in the film where they the camera's looking down this street, this long row of buildings on each side. And, and you the, see him moving between the buildings. Yeah, at the very like in the very distance you just see some some something big, something mobile just like moving out of view, but you have no idea what it is. That is that type of sighting would have been the only glimpses you got of Clovey yeah. throughout the whole film. So even when the credits roll, you never actually got to see the hot... It's like that phrase where in a in a pitch black room, if three different people grabbed on different parts of an elephant, they would all think it was a different shaped creature because one would grab the trunk and think it was like a long kind of like snake-like thing. One would grab the like the thick leg and think it was like this giant like hulking beast like that's what it would have been in it how i would have done it you you get all these different views of different parts of the creature and in your mind yeah you're kind of haphazardly assembling what you think it actually looked like altogether because that makes me think of the thing I was talking about earlier when I was like it's never the creature itself is never quite what you want it to be yeah. so in in order to like get around that you just you should just never quite see what it is obviously there's going to be some instances where you should see but for something like this you don't need to it's terrifying enough the creature is not really what the film's about it's about this small set of people and the relationships that they have, and especially the ones they forge in this moment of of terror and danger. And the creature is just kind of the establishing event that sets everything into motion. Whereas I think they tried too hard to make Clovey a character unto itself. Yeah. And I saw a quote, I think, I don't think this was from J.J. Abrams, I think it was maybe from one of the producers or the director, where they were basically saying, when you make a film like this, you kind of owe the audience a real full lingering shot of the monster at some yeah, point. And I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. And that's why I don't like that that one shot that J.J. Abrams just unilaterally decided to throw in there, you know, at the 11th hour. Because it's so cheesy and so inexplicable, as I explained all my plot problems with the fact that this happened. But it's also just you're kind of betraying and that's maybe a strong word to use but you're kind of you're going back on what had been the spirit the ethos of the film up until that point what had made it so unique and such a new take on the genre to just be like no we're just kidding you actually do get to see the the creature yeah. like full on the whole like length of it like you get to look right into its face for like a full 5 seconds in this very artificial contrived way i would yeah it just disappointed me huh. yeah i don't know but that and now to get <laughs> onto the sequels jesus to, to to put it concisely 10 cloverfield lane i thought was a good film the ending until the end yeah. is weird and not very good in my opinion because I think that the movie would have been much stronger without adding that extra element, because it's such a good thriller just between these people locked mm. in this confined space already. It's like, you know, 
you're just trying to add on an extra flourish, an extra embellishment right at the very end to kind of make this wow moment of, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. But it's just, it just feels forced and lame and you don't need it. But besides that, the film is good. Good performances from the, the main cast. Now, the Cloverfield Paradox... We all know why they did that surprise reveal at the Super Bowl of you can go and watch it on Netflix right now because they didn't want any reviewers to get out there before they put this into the wild. Mm. That film... And it was going to have the initial flock of people who were like, whoa, a surprise movie, and it's like related to the Cloverfield films, and oh my God. So it's like loads of people have seen it before they've had a chance to actually know what it's even about. That film is garbage. Like, it... (laughs) Has absolutely no redeeming qualities. I can't qualities. believe we watched it all the way to the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's how bad it is. It's just terrible. And I don't blame... I don't blame the people in it. I blame people like J.J. Abrams for slapping the Cloverfield name onto these unrelated films to try and give them that extra boost of yeah. people know this name. People might go and see the film who otherwise wouldn't have because they think it is actually genuinely tied into this universe in a real meaningful meaty way whereas really it's clear that you made a film and then because you wanted to give it that extra marketing boost you just threw in these tiny tiny connections to the original film and it's just so tenuous and so unnecessary and it doesn't make any sense and yeah it's just to have so little creative integrity that you're willing to whore out the original film, which is such a good standalone movie, to then say, we're going to tack on these other films and we're going to make it into a universe, a shared cinematic universe. We're going to make it into a franchise. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I really didn't enjoy... Like... Unless you know the Cloverfield film really, really well, like all that stuff outside of the film that you were talking about earlier, you wouldn't even know that the Cloverfield Paradox was a part of it, except yeah. for the name, because there's nothing about it, really. Well, there's the there's the tacked-on ending scene. Yeah, yeah. Which is literally just a five-second stinger at the end to kind what of... What is it? I can't remember. I don't, I don't want to... It only just came out. Cloverfield Paradox yeah. came out last year. Yeah, but that's recent enough to, for me to not yeah. want to spoil. Okay, I can't remember it as well. You, when I tell you, you recall. It's not important. Just tell it me now, and then oh, I okay. can. Okay. Okay. So you've just told me off <laughs> off mic. I guess it's not off it. mic. I'm just going to snip it out. Um, we didn't go into another room, and I whispered <laughs> it into your ear. I checked the walls for listening devices, and then I confided in you. Play this part of the podcast backwards all the way up five times and then you'll hear it. Wow, that's that's going to take a lot of audio engineering on my part, which yeah. I I do not have the skill or the patience to do. Yeah. So what were you saying? Yeah, that apart from that tacked on ending thing and like a few things in the background that links it to Cloverfield, there's nothing about it. that It could have just been a regular space movie. Yeah. Well, a regular shitty space movie. (laughs) 
But it's yeah. like e- it's bad even by B movie sci fi standards, yeah. and that's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's so it's not. It see feels like it's not got a very big budget either. Do you remember we were saying how like you're clearly on like a sound stage or yeah. something? Like you've built this like set and it's like it's not very, very shoddy and unconvincing. It's not very good. Uh, but then we looked it up and it actually did have a substantial like a forty million budget yeah. or something. And I was thinking, what did you do with yeah, this? Did you just know. buy Lamborghinis for every one of the cast? They paid for the actors, probably. Sure. Yeah. They all got to hang out with Beyonce no. for a dinner date. Beyonce's not in Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, but offset, they could have paid her like a cool 20 mil to I go feel out like they'd to brunch. they have to pay her more than that. 20 million dollars to go out on a brunch date? <laughs> Jesus Christ, how much money does I she don't command? Like this pimping of Beyonce that you're trying to do. I think it's unfair to use the word pimp. You just for someone said to be paid 20 million dollars to eat food with you. That's exactly what a pimp is. I, <laughs> what kind of bizarre alternate universe are you just from? get out okay i'm gone how how dare you besmirch who Good. queen bay yeah baby baby her favorite childhood toy was Beyblades. yonce i guess as some of the kids call her the court the coolest of the ones the coolest of kids um the point though oh fucking hell <laughs> I don't want to spend more time talking about fucking Cloverfield Paradox. That's fair. Moving on from that movie. I tried to pretend it doesn't exist. Because unlike the the Star Wars fanboys that fly into a rage when they think about how the prequel films have, have ruined the universe, although technically these other films are like canon, I still just... I, I don't think of them i i think about the original film i think about the first film and i just look at it as this standalone thing that i really love and i don't let it be retroactively besmirched by these these silly add-ons i think that's also easy uh to do because don't they say that like cloverfield lane or whatever is a spiritual like sequel or whatever stupid words they used they don't right. say that it's like an actual sequel they say that it's like but it is a technically i think it's universe canon if you get what i'm yeah. saying like in the overarching not to me it's not yeah well that's that's just how i look at it i don't let it piss me off i just think this is a throwaway thing that i wish you'd never done and what re- <laughs> what really gets me is it's not even like you can say well, it sucks that you don't like this, but this is what they were planning to do all along. And, it, you know, you may not like where it ended up, but this was the roadmap. Because, A, there's a quote from J.J. Abrams where he's talking about the Cloverfield monster, where he explicitly says it has been sleeping underwater for thousands yeah. of years, and now it's woke up and it's angry. And that's why it's kind of lashing out in this mad violent way crushing a city beneath its gigantic feet which then again i don't want to spoil what happens how they try and explain what's going on in the in cloverfield paradox but you know it's no longer a secret yeah yeah so that is clear and very obvious retconning of what you originally intended for this to be yeah and i didn't do a very deep dive because i like to look up movies when i've seen them i'll like you know 
this pretty self-explanatory. I know, I didn't do that much of a deep dive when I watched Cloverfield, but I did just a surface dive, and I, even from that surface dive, I saw things where they basically said they didn't know what they were going to do for a second movie. Because yeah. um, they were like, everyone's asking for a sequel, but we don't know what we want to do. But we need to make it different to the first movie. In other words, saying that it can't be another found footage movie because no one wants that. But actually, I think you'll find that huge fans of the movie, that's exactly what they want. Yeah, <laughs> like, basically. That's exactly what they want. They want another found footage movie of just something to do with it, but different. Like, remember what you were telling me about, um, what you were saying about the girl on the bridge? Oh, yeah. That is a really cool idea. The, the idea being that on that bridge scene, which I mentioned earlier, at one point, Hood, the cameraman, he pans his his view across and you see another guy with a camera and they, they briefly look at each other. Yeah. And the idea being that the sequel or, you know, just another film could have been looking at this other cameraman's perspective and like maybe a group that he was with. Yeah. And then in the middle of the film, you these two like storylines intersect mm. in this like really brief way completely different things could happen as well like maybe they'll make it further across yeah. new york maybe they it won't be about them going to rescue someone yeah. or whatever it'll be about something completely it's a different. different story <clears throat> it's just and set and in it, the same context yeah. and but also it could be found footage from like the military aspect or found footage from like whatever so i feel like there's actually lots of things they could do in the same vein. Yeah. No one's going to be like, oh, this fan footage is stupid. Well, if you're thinking that, then you think the first fan footage is stupid. So that's a stupid reason not to not to do the same thing. One of, one of the things that I think... Sorry, I just wanted to say, that was like with the Blair Witch. I remember right. the first Blair Witch project came out and it was like fan footage type style. And then the second movie was completely different. <laughs> and it was like, oh, well, the movie was still kind of good, but like... Yeah, it opens and you're kind of shocked. You want it to be the same type of thing, and it's not. No, man, we're done with that gimmick. Uh, That's played out now that we've done it once. I almost feel like because I feel like several that was like the time of like fan footage movies, but I feel like it's been a while now. You could bring that thing back because fan footage is cool. Yeah, I agree. It's one of my favorite movie genres. It's hard yeah. to do right though, and most of the fan footage films are these kind of. Low budget B movies, very forgettable. Yeah, yeah. Cloverfield is probably the the biggest budget, most successful. Blair Witch was pretty successful, iteration wasn't of that. It? Yeah, but it, I don't think it was more successful than something like Clo- Cloverfield. Okay. Anyway, my point is that one of the things that I think fans of this movie liked the most about it. And one of the reasons why it's, it has grabbed people in the way that it did is because all of that stuff that's outside of the movie, where they were kind of feeding fans, these, these drips of information about what's going on in, in, in the world with the ARG and all these different websites and stuff like that. That's what made people, I think, attached to it so strongly because they felt like they had had to piece this stuff together for themselves and that they knew some stuff that the average moviegoer didn't know because that was all they got to see of this universe. 
And there's some cool stuff in it. I mean, it gets a little bit kind of intricate and involved with the whole mining corporation and the different satellites and the the substance or compound that's on the seafloor, seabed's nectar, whatever it's called, and the way that they try and tie it into how Clovey was awoken. But it's still cool to see that they tried to add this other stuff to really flesh it out, even though you had to kind of go out of your way to find it. And then with these extra films, even though they're not saying this explicitly, they are kind of wiping all of that stuff out. It's almost like they want a fresh slate to just start. They could have just made a different monster movie. Yeah. Or a different, like... Sci-fi film. Yeah. Cloverfield Paradox clearly could have i mean it clearly was because i I read this online the the original script for it had absolutely nothing to do with cloverfield that's why i'm saying it's so blatant and so egregious that they really did just slap this on there because they knew that it would add a few you know extra million at the box office it's just that's not what you should especially someone like jj abrams who does have that respect from the fans as someone they can trust to to make cool stuff and yeah. to not screw them over just for like a few extra bucks. It's just, just sucks. It does suck. So, yeah. And do you remember when I showed you those, they did this set of YouTube videos, or at least they're filmed like YouTube videos called Jamie Loves Teddy. Oh, yeah. And it's just this woman ranting into a camera for 10 consecutive videos. And then I never realized this at the time. She is actually in the main Cloverfield film. At the start, during the going away party, the camera pans at one point and you see her asleep on a sofa. Did they release these for the first Cloverfield movie? Yeah, it was kind of a lead-up marketing effort. That's cool. You showed me that. That was. I thought it was cool that they actually did try to tie it in somehow. Hmm. And at one point she, like, mentions Marlena. Do you remember? Oh yeah, in the yeah. the outside videos, yeah. It just it just shows you that the same thing with Lost actually, which is weird because it's another JJ Abrams thing. It's so especially in hindsight, although I think people were starting to realize it even as the series were going on, they clearly did not know what they were going to do in the future. Yeah. And I even read a blog post from one of the original writers of Lost where he was essentially saying, people ask me all the time, did you know that you were going to do all this stuff? Did you have this really specific roadmap for how it was going to unfold and how you were going to unravel these mysteries slowly? And he says, no. Like, we showed up to the writers' meetings each time and we basically said, what is this episode going to be about? Like, what? how can we make this one cool? And then it kind of gradually built up in this unintentional way to this grand universe of lost that's pretty crazy it's pretty obvious in certain ways though the smoke monster clearly was intended i mean it makes these mechanical gear crunching noises it was clearly and it can't go through the perimeter fences which are just like force fields it was clearly intended to be some kind of security defense system and then of course it ends up being one of the what what are their names the man in black yeah the man in black it, it, it's his like alternate form towards the end of the show it's just stuff like that where and obviously we talked about the numbers 
on a previous yeah. we talked I don't about even we talked about Walt. Oh yeah, you told me how the numbers were explained in and out. They yeah. weren't explained in the show, they were explained because I watched Lost but I don't remember exactly everything about it. And um I've blocked out some of it yeah, for Yeah, I own think I must sanity. have because you told me that it's like trauma erasure. <laughs> that show was so good when it was good. Yeah. Um that they explained the meaning of the numbers not in the show, but like yeah. in a in like video the ARG game or stuff. Something. There was also a video game that was canon. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, remember we were talking about Walt, who's this 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 kid who they're clearly setting up in the early seasons oh, to be like a special child. Yeah. Of There's some something kind. magical about him in some strange way, and then because the the actor himself had a growth spurt they basically just wrote him out of the show but it's like we all know that they're actors it doesn't matter if he all of a sudden looks three years older like we get it i mean he's supposed to be magical you can just say that he aged aged. i know it's so dumb yeah that's the way it goes. That whole world thing when he goes missing and then never really comes back you see him again in the real world it's like this was so dumb you spend like a whole season trying to find Walt and Michael or whatever, and it just yeah, that's what that's what you get when you invest in a in a show. Also, you realize that certain things happen in some shows because of like outside stuff. Yeah, like Michael wasn't in the show anymore. I think because the actor didn't want to be, or I don't know. You always hear about stuff like and that. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> obviously, like to a certain extent, that can't be helped. But it's like that sucks. But yeah. It's strange to have to compromise the integrity of the story you wanted to tell uh, just because some guy wants more money at the next negotiating What would session. you have preferred? Them change their path and write him out or recast him? I don't mind recasting. Like, in the Matrix films, the old woman who plays... Well, she's not old. She's kind of, like, middle-aged. The she's old, 30. <laughs> she's 22 she's a playboy well, no, model you just be silly yeah am i yeah she plays the oracle Mm-mm. she's like this nice grandma looking lady but unfortunately before the next films could be finished the original actress died and so they That's recast sad. her with a woman who who kind of was able to capture the same vibe that they were going for though she didn't look exactly the same and that's just kind of whatever, like, you know, that's fair enough. It's better to keep the character and just recast her with someone else who's who's very able to do the job than just... Because then you're just adding... It's like, what's the point of just cutting it out entirely? Isn't that kind of... Yeah. You're letting the tragedy win, in a sense. I think you should weigh it up like if the way you want to tell the story is like a big deal and you'd have to like sacrifice something really big then maybe you should just consider recasting yeah because i feel like in the end most people wouldn't mind it'd be kind of jarring for a little bit and then it would be fine especially if it's like only been two seasons and then you recast the person and the show goes on to be six seasons long it's yeah. Not going to matter. It's a small thing in the... Also, when it's such a big, huge ensemble cast like that, it's not like it's the main guy who's in every scene that you're recasting. They recast Neo. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. How dare you. 
Can you believe that Will Smith was originally in talks to play Neo? Yeah, that would have been a completely different movie. It would have had a very different Keanu feel. has a very, like, zen vibe about him, even when he's playing, like, not that zen characters. Sure. But, yeah. Kind of has an enigmatic quality to him. You almost can't... He has one of those faces where it's hard to scrutinise what he's actually feeling. Yeah, he's very mysterious, yeah. I feel. Which fits with the character. Although not early on in the the first film, because he is kind of just this... He's like a loser who's got nothing going on in his life, and he's just adrift and without any purpose. Exactly. But later on in the film, he's kind of this self-realised, almost demigod. But yeah. What are you laughing at? I don't know. Sometimes when you're, like, thinking, you do, like, the cutest little faces. Yeah. You want to plant little kisses on me? Yeah. While I'm asleep. Yeah. You have to get my consent for that. I d- had your consent already. It has to be in triplicate and it has to be stamped by a notary. Yeah. That's fair. And only then can I plant my kisses. My love kisses. Sure. Can you think of any other examples of when someone has been recast in a very conspicuous way? In Twilight. Do tell. In Twilight, the me- the like conf- the like m- main conflict is like the th- the bad vampires, and the three bad vampires are James, Victoria, and Laurent. And after the first movie, one of them is dead, and two of them flee. In the second movie, the one of the baddie, the one of the conflicts is that the baddie is still after her. And so you see her, obviously, she's like the main kind of bad thing that's happening. She's still not gotten by the end of the second movie. Right. Her big ending to her whole storyline throughout from the first and second movies happens in the third movie. However, they recast her for the third movie. So it was a big deal yeah. for, like, me, I think. Because there is only three movies. Of her. No, yeah. there's five movies. No, yeah, like, three yeah, movies yeah. of her. And her biggest movie, really, was the third movie because she finally has a confrontation uh, with them. That makes it even worse. And she has lines. In the second movie, she has no lines. Right. You basically just see her cha- her being chased constantly. Um she has lines in the first movie, but there's three baddies, so she's not the main baddie. So in the third movie, that all comes to a head, and she, like, creates her own army. So there's several scenes where it's just her, basically. And they recast her. Not only did I not really like the recasting choice, but I really liked the first one. Yeah. And so for me, it was really kind of jarring. Like I said, like, I was saying how sometimes a recast is not a big deal. I guess what I mean then is it's not a big deal if it's not, like, my favourite thing, but if it's my favourite thing, it's a big deal. However, would I have... I'm trying to think if they'd have said, well, we either have to recast her or we have to just cut the storyline off and go with something else, that would have been worse. Yeah, that's true. So I choose a recast. But I think the reason for the recast, it's kind of, shit like, shady. Like, it's right. not... Like, they have said that it was, like, a scheduling conflict, and then some people think that it's because she asked for more money. <laughs> um, even if it was a scheduling conflict, I feel like 
I think the scheduling conflict was like a 10-day thing. And it's like 10 days. Jesus Christ, and yeah. how important it is to like the fans. You can't fi- fix that somehow. Um, Sorry, guys. I've got to go wakeboarding in it's Hawaii. It's like throw some money at it. And you've got a huge budget. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're clearly not using those fucking budget for the wigs. Or, <laughs> right. the, or the okay. costumes in some cases. You're fucking doing away with it somehow. Um, so that was kind of fucking annoying because then whenever you see like a Victoria thing, it's the, it's the second person. It's yeah. not the first person. So that kind of sucks. I didn't like that. I can just imagine they, they have this other actress come in, but they CGI the original actress's face on her. <laughs> because CGI yeah. to fix the tiniest of flaws has become the norm yeah. now. That whole thing Why couldn't with, they do that? what's his name? Army Hammer. What about him? Where they CGI'd off his moustache. You're talking about Henry Cavill in um, The Guy Who Plays Superman. Oh. I always get those two guys mixed up. I don't know why. They were in... Um, what was that film we were trying to watch when we, we were really sick? When I had a fever. The Man from Uncle or yeah. something. They were both in that together. Aren't they kind of... They That's... play similar roles, I feel. Mm. They're both kind of like big, like, kind of... I disagree. But no, yeah. they're big. No, they are. One guy's five foot that, one. That's not what I disagree. <laughs> Secretly, he stands on stilts throughout I his scenes. I haven't really seen Henry Cavill in anything other than Superman. Yeah. So I don't know. Whereas I've seen Army in like several things. I just get the same kind of vibe from both of them. I don't know why. But yeah. Um, yeah, they... I guess Henry Cavill was filming Mission Impossible where he has a moustache. But he had to do reshoots for Superman where he doesn't have a moustache. I guess because it's reshoots, he can't shave off his mustache. So they so CGI'd they kept it his out. His mustache, and they CGI'd it out, and it's so terrible. Not to mention that, like, the CGI in like the Avengers, which is Marvel, right? The CGI in Marvel is so different to the CGI in the DC yeah, universe. This is true. The DC universe is like this is a CGI world, and it looks shit. <laughs> the Avengers is was that real or was that CGI? Yeah, that's what that the difference is, and so it just looked fucking. Especially terrible. when you're CGIing someone's top lip, yeah, it's so hard to do that without it being like to do it seamlessly. Where the his eye whole even mouth doesn't look real. Detect it, yeah. Like even his chin, it all just looks very strange. It's weird talking about CGI because they've got some fucking creepy CGI in Twilight when he has the baby and. The baby is like that has accelerated growth, so it goes from like a newborn yeah. to like a fucking eight year old or whatever in the space of a short time. But they wanted it to have the same face. That's how you want it. You get to skip the terrible twos. <laughs> they wanted it to have the same face. So first of all, you don't see a normal newborn baby. You see a CGI baby oh, face. Gosh. And that face is the same face but aged from newborn till it's the real girl. So it's this real girl's face throughout the whole thing. But first as a baby and then and then later on in the movie you see that same face on an adult person because they show you like a flash forward. Um it's kind of creepy at times because you're seeing a baby that's got like teeth and stuff at some point. Is it any creepier than a grown man slash werewolf falling in love with a baby? Let's not even go there. I did. He didn't fall in love with I the went. baby. Okay. 
he imprinted, which does mean Your that Honor. in the future they are going to have a sexual relationship. But, but he's, only when she's ready. His imprinting is not a falling in love. It's something different. It's like I becoming guess. a guardian. Well, there's that scene where he's, he like looks at the baby real he weird. He has to look at it. And then like it's, that's when the imprint happens. It's creepy. Because it's like when the duck sees you, it thinks you're its mom. Oh, that's of course. How you, you know when the duck sees you. That's every, where imprinting comes everyone from. Everyone has that experience. <laughs> When the duck sees you, you know. I don't have a problem with it the way people have a problem with it. What I have a problem with more so is that she had a baby in the first place. Sure. Because I'm sick of having, like, my favourite stories be ruined by kids. (laughs) Wow. Like, no, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's not my preference to have children. And so whenever there's a situation and they're just going to get married and have kids, that's so uninteresting to me. Yeah. Like, I would rather have seen... A conflict for another reason. I'm also glad that he didn't stay a baby because that's also an interesting. Did you not have a problem? You like with... how I call it? it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a problem. Very with telling, yeah. indeed. Did you not have a problem with Edward eating the baby out of her no, pregnant that was cool. belly? That was cool. Was it cool or was Cool's it maybe horrifying? Not the right word. I liked that they finally went kind of like, he's a monster and has the ability to fucking break her open to get the baby out. So why She's not a piggy do- bank. <laughs> but she was essentially dead at this point, is what they thought, I guess. Oh, so he was eating a dead body. That's much better. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. He's necrophagus, would you say? Yeah. Anyway. He's a... Yeah. He's a carrion eater. What does that mean? It's animals that eat dead bodies, like vultures. Uh, uh, okay. Like, obviously, most carnivores eat dead bodies, but animals that eat bodies that they find that are dead. Yeah. Anyway. What a weird we... place we've gone to. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Obviously, if they're talking about recasting, the Victoria thing was a big deal. But obviously, it wasn't as big a deal as if, like, they'd had to recast Edward or Bella or something. That would have just been, like... That's pretty untenable in a romance film. Bella, you look so strange. (laughs) You're blonde. But I guess, in a way, if they'd had to recast her going from a human to a vampire, that's not, like, a huge stretch. I mean, if, if the new actress looks kind of similar, I guess. Yeah. If it's, like, Anna Faris... You've kind I think of you'll got... find that's Anna. Is it? Yeah. It's not Anna Faris. No, it's Anna. Like Army Hammer. No, those two don't sound the same. Like Arm and Hammer, Anna, the toothpaste. Anna, as in like banana, but Anna. Sure. B A N A N bananas. You can't bananas. Do... I can't spell B- bananas. A nanas. B A. Hey, Nanas, that's what you were doing. B.A. Baracus. Yeah. The biggest fucking thing I've totally missed talking about the recast. So, Twilight, obviously Jacob is in the first one, but he's not a wolf yet. You don't know anything about wolves. Wolves are never mentioned. (laughs) We don't know if they exist in the world. (laughs) It could just be a slot empty in the animal kingdom. But from... (laughs) (laughs) But from the first movie to the second movie, he had to have like a growth spurt because he had to go from you have to go from a boy to like what the fuck has happened you're now like this huge guy who then changes into a werewolf and you're yoked (laughs) pretty much so and he went from like a 14 year old small boy looking like 
And so there were rumours that they were going to recast, and I think they even like started a sitch because there were there were constant articles about is such and such going to be the new Jacob, but then I guess Taylor Lautner, who plays Jacob, came in and was like, "No, I can like get jacked," kind of thing, <laughs> because then he did go from like this skinny boy who looks fourteen to this like eighteen year old looking fucking huge guy, and. Just give me 12 he months really, and don't drug test me. Yeah, he really pulled it off. Like, sure. I don't think he took drugs. Come uh, on. Oh, okay, sure. Don't say I that. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. There's, like, when people take steroids in sports, there's a reason why it's unethical. If you just want to take steroids to get super jacked... Yeah, but I don't think he did. I mean, that's your prerogative. Like, it's honest, your choice, your honestly body. I honestly don't think he did, but yeah. I'm pro-choice for steroids. <laughs> that's what my T-shirt says as I go to Mr. Universe. God. You love bodybuilding competitions. I dislike. Anyway. You love that orange muscle girt look. You're derailing me. I didn't I derail you when you were talking about your fucking beloved Clovey. Well, that's because the power so dynamics the in our relationship up. are very one-sided. I'm cutting you off. I'm just turn your mic off. <laughs> How? I don't you throw know. a boomerang, it hits way. the off button. I'll throw a boomerang at your head. Like Colby oh, I wouldn't Coverton really, that would hurt. It would hit your head and then it would come back and hit me on my head. Give me payback. I guess. Instant payback. Are you throwing it with your head? Because it comes back to where you threw it. But I can throw it from here. You can throw it? <laughs> Gotta get through this. Gotta make it. I know how do you it. do love you some Bedingfield. I didn't, I don't even know who sings that. You love Natasha Bedingfield and that's her brother. Right. I hate that I know that. I have... So much love that it overspills into her siblings. <laughs> like, yeah, I love Keanu Reeves, so I love his sister, Jenny Reeves. <laughs> okay, you want not to speak now. Okay, I'm going to zip it. So they were going to recast him, and I was like, no, I don't want them to recast him, Kitty. So I was a little bit like, ugh, that would have been a big deal, because obviously he's in the first movie, but... He's obviously the main co-lead with Bella in the second movie. And he's a big deal from then on out. So that would have sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you think of any other recastings of note? I feel like we watched something not too long ago where it was a different person in the subsequent movies. I can't recall. You do see it every so often. Yeah. And I, I am always curious what the behind-the-scenes story of it is. I feel like it's probably usually money. And then the second one to that is probably scheduling. But to want or more money they, so much oh, that you abandon did. a film. Oh, we did. It's coming back to me now. Yeah, okay. They didn't want to do the sequel. They didn't want to do the sequel. We watched a movie. Um, It was Batman. It was Katie Holmes... Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, she plays, what's her name? Rachel. She plays Rachel. And Rachel. then in them. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> <laughs> at me. I'm Batman. Look. Batman. Get in my car. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the thing? Oh, yeah. And then... Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to catch you off guard. I'm not even doing a very was good... She, how many movies was she in? The funny thing is, we rewatched Batman Begins a couple of months ago. And That's hi, where we got it from. Yeah. And his trademark Christian Bale gravelly Batman voice 
is like a three out of ten in that film. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you flip to the next film, The Dark Knight, it jumps up to like a ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, so Katie Holmes plays Rachel in Batman Begins, is that what it was yeah. called? And then in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, if she's in both of them, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And it's the same character. And I was saying to you, why would Katie Holmes not want to be in this? And then... Yeah. She really dodged a bullet not being in Dark Knight. No, you know Jesus, what I mean? what a critical failure that film was. I think I read it was a choice. She what was a box gonna, office bust. She was either going to be in that or something else. She chose the other thing. Shocker. She was like, I've already been in the worst film of this trilogy. Yeah. The, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises are way better than yeah. Batman Begins. I, yeah. Batman Begins is fine, I guess. It's just... It's, How many times do we have to see the origin story? Yeah. It's so clear. I love Christopher Nolan's films, but it's so clear in that first one that he was still trying to figure out the feel of the world. Let me just say, though, while it's the least good of the three, it's not a bad movie because it's it's Christopher Nolan. It's still totally fine. Still a, a good watch. I also really like Liam Neeson in it. He's surprisingly good. Because you don't think of him in a, well, you don't think of him as a villain, like as as that type Uh, of. You've watched Taken too many times. That's why. Listen to me, you're about to be taken. I have a very particular set of skills. If you give her back to me, that will be the end of it. If you don't give her back to me, I will hunt you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Are those the exact words? More or less. I really, I. You're th- about to be taken. <laughs> those scenes have now kind of become a punchline, especially because yeah. the the sequels are really just eminently. Forgettable. You just wait for that phone call in the sequels. Yeah, like, he's got to do the phone call. <laughs> but that one scene in the first film is actually like a really good, well acted, dramatic scene, and it's such an interesting dynamic where he's on the phone to his daughter, and she's basically saying oh my God, someone's breaking in. Like, I don't know what's going on. And he instantly snaps into that calm, like, business. So does his daughter get taken twice? No, he gets... Well, I can't forget. In one of the sequels, he gets taken and she has to kind of rescue him. I think I have not seen the first movie. I watched one of the sequels with you and that's all I've seen. God, you really made a poor choice there. uh, Anyway. Is that the type of thing I would watch on my own? That's... Yeah, that is true. It would be weird to just sit hugging your laptop watching Taken. Yeah, it's just not the type of movie that I would (laughs) choose to watch, really, unless I was watching it with you. Yeah. Anyway, at the end of that scene, where he's he's kind of talking her through it, there's just this one part, this one line that really got me. The the titular line where he says, you're going to be taken. Is he saying that to her? Yeah. How do you not understand the scene? I... Like, you keep asking these questions. The, the scene is very simple. She's getting kidnapped and he's on the phone to her. She gets taken and, twice, then. And you're con- is she really his daughter? Are they on a, on, a, on a cellular phone or is it a landline? What country is it in? Is it Australia? Because they have different laws there. <laughs> it's just the way he's so calm because he knows that he has to be... Yeah. He has to be kind of that stability in this situation of saying... You're going to be okay. This is what's going to happen. You need to be ready for this. I don't know. There's something about that scene that really gets me. Like, it is kind of a cheesy action movie. 
like overall but that one scene i thought was was very impactful yeah and done in a kind of a strangely tasteful way so yeah cute you know what else that i really enjoyed recently what (laughs) i really leaned into that cough because i knew it was going to make you laugh I almost kind of did like a Cthulhu. Like you a, did like a thing with your tongue. <laughs> I almost had kind of Cthulhu tentacle mouth. I feel for a like second. you rarely kind of like just, slapstick, just out like sure. I do, and I would like that more. Okay, I'll write that down on my how to be manual that I <laughs> consult well, every so often. You have to stick to the guidelines, right? Did we sign a Fifty Shades of Grey-esque contract? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, another thing that I really enjoyed recently, and that if you'll permit me, and you will, Mm. because I'm holding a katana to your femoral artery, and I'll give it a little slice if you stop me, that I really enjoyed recently, and I'm going to gush about, is I played the video game Res, which... I know I'm 15 years late to the party Hmm. because it was originally a cult classic on the PS2, I want to say. So you're really going back here. But they re-released it for the PlayStation 4 and specifically you can play it with the VR headset. And it's one of those games that I, I had always heard talked about in these kind of hushed, reverent tones. Like, oh my God, it's so amazing and it's so artful and it's so important to video game history but i'd never really gotten around to it but i bought it because i wanted to see what it was like because i had no frame of reference for what type of game it was and man what a special game like i see what all the raving is about and if i could make a recommendation take a couple of hearty bunk hits or if you're an aspiring wine and cheese sophisticate like Samantha and I, take a couple of vape pen hits. Because <laughs> this is a game that is clearly... I mean, I guess you could argue either way, but it's in my mind, it's clearly made to be played under the influence of something. Yeah. If you, if you catch my very explicit drift. Marijuana is a good choice. I've heard... so. I, I saw someone making a reference about playing it drunk which is that doesn't seem it's a weird thing to do yeah because i feel like that type of like um lights and like lots of stuff going on would just make you dizzy and then vomit like (laughs) i don't understand how that would be good or drunk you need to be like high or like yeah you just need to be high yeah so whatever your choice of being high is, then that. But being drunk is not a high, I yeah, would say. It, that doesn't really enhance visual things like films. No. I mean, it can make them more funny. It just makes you sloppy and silly. Sure. Basically. We're really showing our anti-booze prejudice. Should, yeah, that's what it should say on the glass of wine. <laughs> Want to get sloppy and silly? I can totally imagine that being the advert yeah. for Four Loco. What is that? Oh, this is how we go down tangents. <laughs> I make references and then you make me explain them. Or maybe I make references and you make me explain That's them. That's true. That has happened on this episode. You've been a snob. Four Loco is this... It was briefly this viral thing in America. It's like this big can, brightly coloured. 
and it was big amongst college age kids because it was very heavily caffeinated and also very very alcoholic so it was kind of like taking a bunch of red balls and then like vodka like, red balls yeah but it was all in one can and it was apparently just extremely what was potent it called? it was called four loco I never I, heard of this. I don't know what that means. I don't. Maybe that's like the longer title is Four Loco, comma my lover." <laughs> you could be called Loco. You could be. It's like Loki, but with an O. Sure. Anyway, we've, have we got mad at this point? I think we have. I'm losing my yeah. brain. Losing my brain. I'm so, losing my yeah. marbles. I don't. I mean, you said take your basically take your substance of choice. Yeah. But I think maybe. A tab of LSD might be overkill. <laughs> well. Because you're going to see some crazy open eye shit anyway. But this game is very difficult to describe. It kind of has that beauty and simplicity of abstract art where you, you kind of superimpose your own meaning onto it because it's very... It's very... It's strange to use the term basic, but it is. Like, the visuals are kind of... You are a, a human floating through space and you're kind of just uh destroying these abstract enemy shapes that are coming and trying to impede your progress it's very kind of it operates on a, a very base level of you're trying to get to a destination and these strange things are, are seeking to stop you and kill you so you just it makes perfect sense for you to defend yourself like it, it's weird to put it in those terms but that's kind of how the game makes you think mm. and yeah i just really enjoyed it. it it it's a very unique very special experience especially mm. if you're high yeah and the soundtrack is just phenomenal i love yeah, the music you showed in that game. me a little bit of it and it looked really fucking it's cool. so good and in fact i was because i like to listen to music while i write sometimes I tried, they, they they did actually release an official soundtrack of it eventually. And I tried to listen to that, the, the CD version of it. But the, the tracks themselves weren't how it sounds in the game. Because the way the game works is you're kind of influencing the music. When you kill these enemies, they make sound effects that mesh with the music. You're essentially moving the beat forward by hitting each thing yeah so the beat changes if you miss something right so you're not going to get that from like their soundtrack because their soundtrack is going to be the base the base sound of and what it's not going to be mixed the same way yeah. as a 20 minute level yeah because one of the things i really loved about it is the the fifth level which is the longest and the most in-depth one that i really love the way that they at the start of the level, you kind of hear that there are words to the song, but it's given to you in like this really contracted, cut up way where you can't quite make out what it is. And then as you go through the various stages of the level, it kind of unfolds for you. And then you eventually hear what the words of the song is, what the sample is. And it's someone saying fear is the mind killer, which I actually, re to, to give yet another side note, I really enjoyed because it's a reference to Dune, the litany against fear. It's such a weird connection between two very different, strange things. But it, the way that the music is A, interactive in that it's 
responding to what you're doing in the game and b how they take the same track in each level and give it to you in different forms which kind of makes it seem like a different song each time and yet it is just this one unified thing overall yeah i yeah it's very cool it's just and i i love the aesthetics of the game there's one one part in particular where the whole level that you're flying through you know when you see a photo of what it looks like when like a representation of of what a microbial level mm. of space looks like yeah where you're seeing it kind of through the grainy zoomed in photograph through a microscope there's a level that kind of looks like that and you're wow. almost kind of fighting these things that seem like they could be really tiny microorganisms like viruses and bacterium yeah and it's just yeah it's just so cool and i one last thing because i can tell that you want to to frotter me for my love no i don't <laughs> it's cool hearing you talk about it also i saw you playing the game and it was really fun to watch yeah i wanted to i it's hard to show another person because this is a game i'm amazed although i do in a sense i do understand but the fact that this became so celebrated and such a cult classic back when people were playing it on a tv and you they were moving the cursor with their thumbsticks i've only ever played this game in its latest re remastered version reissued version where you're playing it with a vr headset and you're moving your cursor and firing your missiles just by looking around the screen and you can look around in full 360 and see the whole level going past you everywhere it's it's feels like a game that was so clearly made for vr and yet it wasn't because it was on the dreamcast 15 years ago but this feels like the way it should have been all along if you understand what i mean so i'm glad that this is how i finally played it but what i was going to say was in that same sense of it being kind of abstract make your own meaning art I, I read that because the game you're, you're trying to restart this AI and that's all you really know. There's like a little bit of text that explains that and like a little bit of your whole mission and the, and the situation you're trying to restart this AI, which basically has become the central hub for all information processing in the world. And that's all, you know, and that's what lets you kind of put your own spin on how you interpret the game. And I read that the guy, the main guy behind the game, Mizuguchi, he said that he had written this whole expansive backstory that they were going to give the reader. Given the time period, it was probably just going to be dumped into the instruction manual. And then he decided later on that he was only going to give the player a tiny snippet of that and let them put their own imaginative ideas on what you're actually doing. If you don't tell them all these intricate details and spell out all the nuances of it, they will end up making the story themselves. And that's what I really enjoyed about the game. Wow, it's really interesting to like have you talk about it like that and like tell me all the kind of ins and outs of it. That bit that you showed me, 
I think I was confused because I thought that you had to do it the way they were doing it. But I guess not. <laughs> You're making these right? rhythmic hand gestures. What, what do, do you, you mean? Are you saying that when you play it, you just use your eyes? Yeah, you look around the screen to oh, move your cursor. That's cool. That's why I remember you said after I had finished playing it, you were confused because I was constantly just, my head was like yes, constantly moving. Yeah. It was really fun to watch you play it. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you talked about it. Sure. Good. I like to share things with you. It's strange because obviously you don't play video games. Yeah, but it's like it, it's like any you would talk about anything that you enjoy and I would enjoy it because I can see that you enjoy it and I want you to share those things with me. It's nice. It's nice of you to say. I enjoy you sharing the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. Even if I don't like even when you're talking about things that have absolutely no context for yeah. hearing it through the lens of you and all the things about you that i love it makes it yeah good for me it makes it compelling it's nice because obviously there are going to be things that you don't share as a couple because the other person isn't into it or and obviously there are things that we can get into for each other but there are still going to be those hey, i things. said we were never going to talk about that fetish <laughs> I will talk about what I like because I like what I like and I'm allowed to like what I like. And I don't want to live in a world where I'm not allowed to like what I like. <laughs> That's your fetish revealing secrets Pretty on a much. podcast. Pretty much. You get very rare instances of gratification on that one. Yeah, but I have lots of secrets. Sure. And we have lots of podcasts. Yeah. Check out mm. our sister podcast, <laughs> We Love Twilight. Hey, I don't know how it comes up every time. Why do I love it? But anyway, um, yeah, so they're always going to be that thing on the edge that you want the other person to get into, but they're just never going to get into it, and that's fine. But if you, like, give that other person time to, like, still gush about it, it's fun to kind of share it that way. Yeah. It's, like, almost like me getting to talk to you about it, but you're not really giving me anything in return. You're yeah. not really giving me anything in return except kind of, like, acknowledging my love for it, which is nice. Yeah. It lets you connect over those things that you otherwise yeah. wouldn't be able to share with someone. Yeah. And I like show like when I showed you how the game looked, because you can have the VR feed mirrored on the TV with the PlayStation VR, which I enjoy. I knew it was like very I, I really wanted to show you because this game has such a unique, very visually striking, like very simplistic art style, but it's it's stylized in a way that really grabs you. Yeah. It's very visually engaging. So I wanted I knew that you could appreciate it on that level for yeah, sure. Definitely. So yeah. But so, if I start talking to you about tactics for beating the end bosses. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Sure. We at what are you doing? I see you. <laughs> You're playing peekaboo with the mic obscuring your face. I've gone mad. I need to... Gone mad, send food. Is that yeah. the postcard that you... Going mad, send food. Right. That's it. Do you think they'll send vittles to an insane person? Vittles? Yeah. Vitals? Food stuff? Puree? <laughs> it's not a game where we just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> we say random words. <laughs> Why isn't it a game? Who doesn't like a good bit of t 
tomato puree asking. Ew. I know that we both hate tomatoes as the actual fruit. Yeah. But we do enjoy ketchup and tomato puree on pizzas. No, and... I don't. You don't enjoy ketchup? You don't know me at all. <laughs> I. <laughs> We're done. This is over. This love affair is kaput. I like pizza, but not in the same way that most people like pizza. I can eat a couple of slices of pizza and that's about it. I The favourite part of pizza for me is the bread. The second favourite part is the cheese. I dislike tomato puree, so I, I prefer it when they don't like put loads on. And also, there's way more cheese than there is tomato puree, so that the tomato puree really is just acting like an agent to stick the two together, and that's it. I don't want to be able to taste mouthfuls of tomato. And sometimes some pizzas are really so bad that I have to kind of lift the cheese up and then scrape the tomato off. And in fact, I used to get pizza from a place when I was a teenager, and I would ask them to make my pizza without tomato puree. So it was just cheesy bread, basically. That's... And should be illegal. Yeah. So I don't really like tomato puree at all. Like, Do you like ketchup? Ketchup, I can only really have if I'm either having a burger. So I'll put a little bit of ketchup on. Not a lot, just a little bit. So that it's not like really dry because I don't have salad on my burger. And the only other time is if I have like chicken goujons, I will dip them in ketchup. But yeah. Okay. I'm definitely not a person who has ketchup on, like, everything. That's true. Well, neither am I. And I hate tomatoes. Like, you know you have, like, a chicken salad sandwich or something? I like lettuce. That's fine. But I hate tomato. It makes the bread all soggy. Just like a, da- a soggy piece of tomato uh, with its weird tomato so water gross. in it. Oh. Yeah. And those tiny little weird seed like looking pips. things. Like pips. They're like ti- pips. microscopic pips. Pips. That's yeah. cute. Little pips. Yeah, I'm not... That's... I need to eat. That's f- me? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's fine. Let's go. I will willingly sacrifice myself to your cannibal instincts. You have no, you have no response. I've lost the will. <laughs> we were supposed to, we were going to talk about an article, but we rambled on so much about all the other stuff. Yeah, that Listener, we've recorded a four-hour podcast without having a topic. Four hours. That's yeah. Listener, you you're basically rolling the dice with each episode of this podcast. We may actually do what the podcast is supposed to be about, or we may just talk about stuff we love for three and a half hours. Yeah. And you'll like it. <laughs> oh, you'll like it. <laughs> or we'll come for you. Well, we might not come for you. It's too expensive. But unless you live locally. And I don't want you to live locally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my listeners to be in the same country as me. No. They might locally find me. It's like the same fucking neighborhood. Well, if we're at a Starbucks one day and we're at the counter and I'm ordering something and someone comes up to me and says, Whoa, I recognize that voice. After reading this and that, right? That's creepy. And I just turn around and say, no, you've got me confused with someone else. Wouldn't that be really weird if someone was like, I think I listened to your podcast, you sound really familiar. I wouldn't know what to say. It'd be nice, but I wouldn't know what to say. Whoa, you're that Sarah Koenig woman from Serial. (laughs) Collect call. From Adnan Saeed. I was going to say your name. Yeah. From Ryan Finch. Yeah. Ryan Finch. Sure. Samantha Jones. I, Adnan Saeed. 
Why we do don't you... have two syllables in our surnames. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, that's true. Samantha Jonesig. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like if you fused with... Ryan Finches. I, I, you've gone mad. <laughs> Feed me. Seymour. Haven't you even don't seen... know about no, that. No, I don't. Feed me, Seymour. I've just... I've kind of absorbed all these different cultural references without actually knowing yeah. the source material. Isn't it weird, though, that, like, that's normal to absorb things you don't even know about? But then someone's like, I don't even know who Michael Jackson is. It's like, we clearly do. Is that person... Have they been in outer space for the last <laughs> yeah. 50 years? <laughs> They're a pilgrim from Jupiter. Okay, I'm done. Are you done with your MailChimp subscription? <laughs> Took me a second to realise what that was. <laughs> that was a deep cut. When you're making references to the ads that play on famous oh, podcasts, that's some serious. <laughs> that's a deep, deep, deep cut. Deep like an incision cut. right into your spleen. Deep cut. Okay, let's wrap this up. First cut is the deepest. You wanna know? First cut is the deepest. I gave you enough rope there, and you used it in a creative way around your neck. I'm not going to say it was a good way or a bad way, because a noose can be whatever you make of it. You're just staring at me. You often just stare at me, and I feel very self-conscious. Do you not know the works of Cheryl Crow? (laughs) Don't say the works. (laughs) It's the works of Shakespeare. It's the CDs of Cheryl Crow. That's too lofty. Do you not know her oeuvre? I can't survive any longer. Okay. So, we have things to tell you as I surreptitiously pass the... I can't lean forward. <laughs> There's a fucking microphone there. Which one am I doing? Hi. Hey. Hi. It's us. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. May. May. It's my. And that's where everyone turns it off. <laughs> Well, me and... Me. 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 You fucking dropped the ball on that one really quick. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the episode. I couldn't zip-zap-zop with you. Talking about Clovey and Twilight oh yet my God, again. We're gonna get I mean, to... honestly, we should probably put Twilight in the description at this point. I, I guess. Um, we're going to get a deluge of one-star iTunes reviews. No, please don't. That's mean. Um... Yeah, so we hope you liked it. <laughs> if I say um, it, I make it a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy. Yes, like how that... Do you not know anything? Um, if you want it, you have to ask the universe. It's the law of attraction. We hope you enjoyed this episode. So please share it with anyone you think may like us. Um, new episodes are released every three weeks. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's an aspirational There's, goal. Is it? They're released probably once a month, right, well, at this it, point? During the summer, it's going Definitely. to be once a month. Although I will say, knock on wood, knock on all the wood you can find, all the different varieties, oak, pine, other wood names I can't recall at this present moment when all the pressure's on me. You're doing a wide-eyed oh. shock. I'm waiting for the end of this fucking That I don't know a glossary sentence. of wood terms. Yeah, it's actually been kind of a temperate summer so far, I'm going to say. It's not really summer yet, that's why. June is not summer. June, July, August. It's the middle summer. of June. It's the beginning of summer, so of course it's going to be temperate. I count May as summery. Yeah, I do. I count May as summer as It's well. like 
summer colon origins. Yeah. <laughs> I think July and August are the hottest. So right. we've yet. So you say that, but next month it's going to be hot as balls. Um, you know, other people would cut this fucking thing up into four and release it once a week. But That's very true. I like a long one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can be of service. You like MailChimp. I do like MailChimp. I can offer you a subscription, pro bono. Well, I'm not paying for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're on now. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the podcast on iTunes and pretty much all other podcast services, but you know that because you're listening, so yeah. I don't know why we say that. <laughs> don't break the fourth wall. <laughs> or you can go to artatpodcast.com. Read That's the script. A-R-T-A-T podcast.com and that redirects to the soundcloud page um hashtag save soundcloud that's not a hashtag i just made that up um we all we've never said a real hashtag on this podcast i think that's a lie um you can send any feedback or comments to a-r-t-a-t artat podcast at gmail.com and please rate review and subscribe on itunes which really helps put which really helps podcasts like us like us like us and if you wanna we are rtap podcast on instagram and twitter check us out twitter it will be time well spent believe me tweet tweet instagram's better because at least i post pictures on there oh and they're risque what is wrong with you showing off your corset collection you're doing a little bit of twerk instructional videos i showed them my um one of the videos is just of your feet oiled up i don't really understand what that's I don't like about this. <laughs> i feel violated by I these words like in my face line of speak <laughs> your brain has become <laughs> muddled and mounted and addled yes okay it was a good one it was. It was a rambly it. one. It's good though. But that doesn't mean it's any less good. I think they're all rambling, are they not? That's true. But that's our brand. You gotta stay hashtag stay on brand. The ramble brand. Hashtag A B B always be branding. A B R always be rambling. A B F M always be feeding me. A B S always be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you got there in the end, I guess. Sort of. <sighs> How long are we going to sit here staring at each other? I don't know. I didn't know that's what we were doing. One of us must break the tension. God, there's so much sexual tension between us. Let's just get it over with already. Get it over with? We're celibate. <laughs> and just like... The movies... We play out... On the last scene... Na, 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 na. Do you know any more lyrics? <laughs> no, that's about... I mean, we're making a really timely reference here with Alien Ant Farm. Well... If you don't know who they are, then you suck. I'm joking. <laughs>
Yeah, I'd hate to offend our. I know two of their songs. Delicate so, sensibilities know. in our listeners. And one of them's a cover. <laughs> right. Are you going to make the dinner? Are you going to get in the kitchen like a good little woman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. No, but seriously. Apart from to hand you a hardback copy of Little Women. I would like a three-course meal. The literary classic. A starter. Like you said three-course meal like it was super fancy. That's well, kind of the standard. How is it? When do you ever go to a restaurant or anywhere and have a starter? No, but you always have a free course meal at a restaurant. You always have... Who has a starter? Some kind of starter. Like, a, you have... I've never done this with you. Garlic bread. Ever. Or you have some no. kind of soup. No. I go to fine dining establishments. They know me by name. Actually, I have done this with you. We went out for Christmas one time, remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> me. To shut you down. I think we had like a soup of some kind and it was not good. You, you're confused. Are you making the dinner? That was an ayahuasca broth. <laughs> That's why you had those crazy, crazy <laughs> epiphanies. Would you do ayahuasca? Not. I don't no, know that I would. I don't think. It seems like. I don't know this idea of like you're just going to like vomit and stuff. I don't want to yeah, do that. They, they call it purging. Yeah, fuck that. When really what they mean is projectile vomiting. Yeah. Yeah, it seems. A little over the top powerful. Yeah. Like it makes you reevaluate your whole life and every decision you've and ever made. And can you even remember it? Like, what's I think the point it has a lasting effect remember. on you, but I don't think you necessarily remember every yeah. second to second. I feel like if you were going to do something like that, you should just film yourself for the YouTube content. No. See, you're thinking like a YouTuber. No, I'm not. If you're going to have childbirth, you might as well film it. That's how you get What's those vlogs in. I'm very glad that I've never <clears throat> had children. I'm very <laughs> I'm <laughs> because very... they've got to come out somehow. No, I'm very glad that I've never actually seen a baby coming out of a vagina. That's yeah. I I, I could have. I mean, I guess. Like I could have looked it up. Right. But I've chosen not to. Have you chose every day? You make the choice uh, again. Every day I make the choice not to see that. Childbirth is a beautiful thing. Is it? Well, or is it painful and gross? If you exclude all the feces and blood and afterbirth, <laughs> then I, I mean, and tearing. Oh. Let's not forget the tearing. <laughs> <laughs> See you next episode. <laughs> <laughs>